to another episode of the Mixed Witches Podcast. I don't know how to start this since we're recording so early this time. We just keep it, we just keep it rolling. Just, just go. Just, just go. Well. I was, I was, I was reading an article. Hold on. Okay. (laughs) I go first. You do. You do go first. What are you telling us about today? Claire sentience. Because I talked about Claire. Uh, I got this information from otherworldlyoracle.com and a little bit of Pinterest, but I didn't. I, it's not like I didn't want to go too deep. But like, I don't trust. <laughs> a lot of the information so I just compiled information I was like this is fine yeah this is fine I guess so also this will tie into as I was doing this research it was like oh so this would just lead into a whole other topic for a later date because what the fuck is this but (laughs) you know I had something similar today so (laughs) it'd be like that sometimes you start getting into something and you think you know what you're going to get into and you're like, no, what is this? It is what it is. So, clairsentience is clear sensing, which is the ability to feel energy. People who have this ability receive information from spirits or other beings through soul energy. Some people describe clairsentience as clear feeling, However, clear sentience is different to clear tangency, which is clear touch. So I personally like to describe clear sentience as clear sensing to keep them separate and to not confuse them. Because sometimes I hear like, oh, it's clear feeling. And I'm like, what do you mean by feeling? Because there's two types. There's clear sentience and clear tangency. And literally one is literal and one is esoteric. So clear sensing. So, clairsentience is on the empathic spectrum. Now, the empathic spectrum is that thing that I was just describing, that I was like, what is this? Because I had never heard of this before. So, there's a difference between HSP and empath and clairsentience. So, this is important if if you distinguish yourself in some way. Um, we've talked about this for particular things, like when we've done, I know for past lives, we kind of talked about the levels and what have you. So sometimes when things have levels, um, 
I'm going to be the semi-bad guy and be like, it's really easy to think yourself a particular way and then do some research and realize you are or are not that thing, which is not a negative towards you. You just don't know. So I'm going to tell people, like, if you are on an empath, it's like, mm, there's a spectrum <laughs> that I didn't know existed. I feel like I learned something about myself. These are the differences, and I'll get into it later. But it, it's kind of like you can't do clear seconds without talking about these because they're the same but different. Obviously, that's a spectrum. <laughs> so HSP is a high sensory person. And a high sensory person, this is the lowest level. A high sensory person is able to take in and process external stimuli at a higher rate due to higher functioning brain waves. These people have sensitive hearing, sight, taste, smell, and touch. Reaction to stimulus occurs at a greater frequency due to stimuli only needing to be minor. For example, an HSP would find the flapping of moth wings behind a closed window to be irritating. Which, honestly, if you could hear it, it probably would be. I was about to say, like, when they're on the window and they're tapping on it with their wings because they're fluttering so fast, but they can't keep a hold? Because, yes. Probably. It's kind of annoying. <laughs> but it's kind of interesting result, to listen to, if you've yeah. ever heard it. So, as a result, an HSP is more aware of the emotions of those around them since they reach subtle clues like changes in body language and voice inflection. So, this is the lowest rung. I have distinguishing factors later on, but I will say, I will just say, the spectrum is good for self-analysis, is what I will say. <laughs> You may not be an empath, but you may be an HSP, which is, is more literal, as in sensory, not esoteric, but you just have higher senses than everybody else. Now, those who are empathic possess all the qualities of HSPs, but are also affected physically by the energy of others in some way, shape, or form. They are magnetic to others and can often find themselves in unwanted situations due to others seeking their wise counsel. Those who are empathic can literally soak up the emotions and ailments of those around them. There are numerous types of empaths, from animal empaths to human empaths, to empaths who feel energy through a person's handwriting. So not only could you be an empath, but you could be on an empathic spectrum branching off. You may be an empath, but you may not be an empath to everything or everybody or in a specific way. Empathic people often feel overwhelmed in social situations and require ample alone time to rest, recharge, and reset. Which is very similar to somebody who is introverted, meaning you may not be an empath, but you may be an introvert. You would feel the same thing. So, clairsentience have the signs and symptoms of HSPs and empaths while also setting themselves apart. Clairsentience is distinguished by physical symptoms manifested beforehand or in the moment. For example, a clairsentient may experience chills when they come into contact with negative energy. They also have the ability to discern when a feeling is where a feeling and when a feeling is coming from and usually why they have the feeling. Clairsentient people then navigate the feelings they experience to decipher the history behind those feelings with those living or dead. 
I'm going to try and be more specific in these distinguishing factors if you are confused. So a high sensory person or an HSP is increased brain wave functions responsible for emotional and physical stimuli. They observe things in extreme detail. They may have a photographic memory, but I will be scientific and say those are not proven to exist. But just because it's not proven doesn't mean it doesn't exist. It just means we haven't proven it. You may have a photographic memory. Who am I to tell you that you don't? An HSP will be bothered by minor changes in the external environment, and they read others easily. So, as the name implies, an HSP is strictly sensory. They tend, like, it is on the empathic spectrum, meaning you are not not an empath, but you are an empath in terms of reading others easily just because you just hear somebody's breathing change or you would notice the shift in the feet and you're just like, hmm, you irritated? You seem irritated. That would be just strictly, I was going <laughs> to say strictly dickly. That's stuff what do. <laughs> strictly sensory. Like I said, not it's not necessarily esoteric, right? I, I, I won't say it's not magical, but I will say it's debatable, if that makes any sense. Because I think a non-magical, you know, you wouldn't have to be a magic user or a witch or or even be like, oh, I'm an empath. You just, I think a lot of people would feel this way, and they probably don't even know what it's called or what that is. Now, an empath. Let me on before I keep going. A spectrum, of course, is a spectrum, and you could be in one position. But as we know, as I'm doing clairsentience, there is a way to develop these. So if you are a high sensory person, and you're like, well, I want to be like an empath or clairsentient, you can do. <laughs> you can do. You can develop and get better and just become more. It reminds me of we were, the other episode where we were talking about Dr. Sleep, and at the end of that movie, she said, everybody has this ability. They just they just don't know and, and what have you. And I'm just like, you're right. Yeah. yeah. So, an empath, everything listed for the HSP, high sensory, what have you. Plus, they absorb the emotions or illnesses of others as if they were their own, i.e., an empath may feel drunk while sitting in a bar without having drank a drink. So we mean this in the literal sense. If somebody has the flu and uh, you start feeling really, you're going, oh, I feel really sick now. And it's like, girl, how? You can't catch the flu in 15 minutes. <laughs> you don't have the flu, but you are an empath. So you're definitely feeling the flu. Also the emotional part I think most people will relate to the fact like if you're in a room or if you're hanging out with somebody you know feeling their negative energy is is the woo way to say it but like as in if that person's really fucking pissed off and all of a sudden you're really fucking pissed off and you're just like ugh, it was you <laughs> I didn't feel this way before and now I'm fucking mad and I go <laughs> <laughs> yeah I was just thinking of like, of like, um, when you get a bunch of 
not a, not a bunch, but like when you have one girl on her period and then you bring another girl who's not on her period and then she's like, wow, my stomach is starting to hurt. And it's like, oh, that's my fault because you're cramping and then they're feeling your cramps. That's what that reminds me of. Yup. Yes. Well, I guess that would be the um, high sensory person one, but still. Well, uh, well, a high sensory person, well, I guess that's a good example, right? A high sensory person would detect that you are on your period before you said anything because they could, they're, they're sensing your body language or a high sensory person would probably know that you're sick because they would probably, you wow, you're really hot. You're like, Oh, I feel fine. Okay. But you're really hot. Like, I think you need to go get like, go to the, like, get the thermometer. I was going to say, go to the doctor. No, yeah. I think you need to get that checked out. And then all of a sudden you're like, Oh wow, you were right. You know, it reminds me of that scene in Mean Girls. <laughs> A high sensory person reminds me of that scene in Mean Girls when she said, uh, I can always, my boobs always tell me the weather. Uh, yeah. That's what that would be. You would know it was about, it was going to rain for everybody else. It's like when people say, oh, I can smell it. Yeah. You're like, I don't smell anything. That is a high sensory person. I hate, I hate when, <laughs> when that happens. I'm just sitting there like, oh, it's going to rain. And they're like, how do you know? Like. This, the the clouds are just gray. They're not like dark gray or whatever. And it's like, well, you can you can you can smell it. You can smell the the rain. And they're like, what are you talking about? I was like, the ozone. You can smell it. And they're like, what are you talking about? <laughs> I know. Or like people say, like uh, I'll be like, wow, this water tastes funny. And people be like, water doesn't have a taste. I'm like, the fuck you if it doesn't. The fuck it does not. Water in the mountains versus water. Water in the mountains versus water in the city tastes different, and each type of bottled water tastes different. You got me tastes fucked. Different. You got me it fucked up. It tastes different. <laughs> it tastes fucking different. I will die on this hill. <laughs> <laughs> it must be nice not to be able to taste water. <laughs> Because you can drink whatever fuck the water you want. No, literally. But you know what? They won't be able to tell if there's something not good in the water for them, so... Who's really at an advantage here? I mean, sometimes I don't want to taste the electrolytes, but... Yeah, it makes my tongue feel fuzzy. I don't like it. Like, my, it makes my mouth feel drier. Yeah. I know, yeah. Mm-hmm. So... As I said, an empath suffers from sudden onset of illness with no known physiological reasoning. As in, somebody is sick and all of a sudden you're sick. I feel that in terms of anytime somebody throws up, vomit doesn't make me upset. But like hearing somebody gag makes me gag because I'm like, no, dude, don't, (laughs) don't, dude. Please, God. It's like if you, it's like if you throw up, I'm gonna throw up, and then fucking John's gonna start throwing up, and then we're all gonna be throwing up because we each trigger each other. Mhm. The life of somebody with four, with three siblings. (laughs) Oh God. So, a clairsentient has everything listed for an HSP and everything listed for an empath, plus. A clairsentient gains previously unknown information about a person or people from the feelings they experience, and they get physical symptoms in the moment, such as goosebumps. 
Now, I'm going to list some signs in case you're still confused. But another episode will be this whole empathic spectrum. Made me realize where I sit on the spectrum. That I'm like, ooh. Oh, interesting. boy. <laughs> interesting. It, like I said, it reminds me of the past life things where it was like, see, everyone wants to say they're an old soul, but you describing them made me go, oh. Okay, I think I know. I think I know where my soul is at. This is another thing. I'm like, I am for surely an empath, but it made me think of the things that I do and don't experience. Also, if you're an HSP with a photographic memory, what is that like? Because I don't have that. No, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> like, it must be the best and worst thing. Talk about passing all your classes first time around. No, literally. Like, Bro, I it... can barely remember what I ate for breakfast. It'd be so nice to be able to just, you know, look at look at everything for my college work and then get it done without having to actually attempt. Y'all are going to hear a lot about college because I hate it. <laughs> anyway. So, it is good to know that you may be an empath. I feel like many people, many witches and many other magic users may be empaths it kind of feels like a thing that a lot of people experience you may not be clairsentient but of course if you are an empath in some way you have the ability to develop the clairsentience i i don't know before walking into this i did not realize that clairsentience was on the empathic spectrum now i'm like oh that makes sense it's like i knew what it was but i'm like oh this makes oh yeah I, like, I feel like having some kind of being on the empathic spectrum would, like, it would just make sense as a species that we all are there a little bit. Because right. body language, like, people who have no social skills obviously are not on this spectrum. <laughs> like, right. But it, it feels feel like, like it would be, like, an evolutionary thing is why we would have it. Like, it would make sense to me everybody has a little bit of it because it would make being a human easier. I don't... Right. I don't it, it's one of those things that I want to be devil's advocate about and say you're not special if you're an empath. Because I think most people should try harder to be that. So... But when you get to the point of actually, like, feeling people's illnesses and things, that is definitely special. That yeah. is uh, different. Yeah, yeah, that's but I special. Do, I do definitely feel like, yeah, uh, uh, I, uh, most people have that the, the ability. <laughs> we should try to. Yeah. Have it. We should try to understand each other better and be compassionate towards each other. But that is a whole different rant. <laughs> Let me not. Yeah, neither of us need to go on that. I could go on it for hours. I could also go on it about myself since, you know. Well, I was about to say the same thing because sometimes I feel like being empathic, sometimes it feels like you can, it's very easy to get wrapped up in yourself. Yeah. Like as soon as you feel somebody's pissed off and you start to feel pissed off, it's very easy to go, oh, I don't want to feel this way, so i got to get away from this person. Which, if you were compassionate, you would think, why is that person upset? Like, I'm, let me just help them. <laughs> Why are you mad, friend? I, I kind of feel like at first or sometimes it can be easy to be like, oh, I don't want to deal with it a little bit. Right. I I feel like 
Um, where I like even the illness, like I'm not a nurse, but it's like if you were the if you it, it, at first or in the in the baby sense, it can be very like oh I don't oh I gotta get away from you because I don't want to start feeling sick. And it's like wow that's kind of that's don't say that out loud. They can't help it. Yeah, I I feel like um, it would be easier to like start blocking people out too though because of the same yeah. reason like you don't want to. Like, it would be easy to block up your own ability because you don't want to feel the negative portions of being an empath. Right, right. I agree. Which, I mean, it just goes back to, like, what we've talked about before with us being kids. Like, we blocked off a lot of stuff because our parents were like, no, that's fucking weird. Like, don't talk about that. Or, like, you saw it in horror movies and they made a huge bad thing. I think it would be the same thing you easily block up as a kid because of course like negative energies just don't feel good so you're like no I don't want that so you would like wall it off anyways I agree I have yeah feelings (laughs) so I I have some signs for clairsentience um just in case you're feeling like well uh, all this empathic speak you're like, but I feel like more stuff, like, but like, but I feel other stuff too. So you may be clairsentient and these may be your stuffs. Uh, you may manifest all of these signs or only some of the signs. Do not get discouraged if a sign doesn't apply to you. I'm going to keep saying it, <laughs> but I, I honestly mean it because you're not going to manifest every single thing. Some of these things I'm going to say, you might go, oh, no, not that one. That's chill. Same. I feel the same way. I don't have a photographic memory. I literally looked at what, oh, well, I wish, but nope. So, a clairsentient feels the energy in the room. I wonder, though, see, this is also way, way back when I was talking about the clairtangency, how that's actual physical touching. If you are clairsentient, like straight up, you know, you're like clairsentient and probably strong about it. Do you actually feel the energy? I'm imagining like water or like soup, but it's not there. Mm. <laughs> Do you actually physically feel the energy like in a room? <laughs> or is that a thing that can't happen? Is there a point of strength where you straight up just feel the energy as if it's a physical thing? I feel like that would be awful, to be honest. That <laughs> like, sensing something is one thing, but, like, feeling... Nah. <laughs> Especially in the military. Nah. You got me fucked up. <laughs> so, another sign that you have clairsentience is you have difficulties being in big crowds. This is why it was important for me to talk about the spectrum, because if you're empathic, you're also going to have this struggle, but being an empathic does not ensure that you have clairsentience. You may be working towards, but it doesn't matter. Everybody on the empathic spectrum is going to have difficulties being in big crowds. Yeah, I was I was going to say, even for a that. high sensory person, they, they'd be fucked, yeah. too. That's just a lot of stuff coming at you all at once. It's like your brain's in overdrive. Talk about ADHD brain. <laughs> it's like, oh, there's somebody behind me. Oh, there's this person next to me. Oh, there's this this person trying to cut in front of me. 
oh shit, that person's like, you know, starting to get into a fight with somebody on the phone. <laughs> oh shit, am I in danger <laughs> from this person standing behind me? It's like your lizard brain goes into overdrive. <laughs> lizard brain. Yeah. That's how I feel. Every time I'm in a crowd, I feel like my lizard brain just takes over, and it's like, you gotta get out. You have to go. You have to get out. Get out now. Your survival depends on it. Another sign you have clairsentience is you have strong gut feelings about people. If you're sitting here thinking like, well, yeah, duh, I'm going to tell you, some people do not have this ability. Like, it may be very common for you, if you are on the empathic spectrum, I'm here to tell you, if you didn't know, some people do not have this. So, yes, it is important. It's an important sign. Don't shrug it off. Another thing I think you can block up as a child, (laughs) to be honest, because, you know, well, uh, I'll tell this story, because... (laughs) So, Dom had a lot of boyfriends and a lot of male friends that I did not like. <laughs> and I would always wow. tell her, I, would, I wouldn't I would tell her straight up, but I'd just kind of, like, give her a look. And she'd be like, what? They're nice. And I was like, okay. And then, like, a week later, they cheated on her or something. Anyways, point being, there was this one person who kept constantly showing up. And I hated his guts. He was in P.E. with me. Yes, he was in my grade. He wasn't in Dom's grade. He was in P.E. with me, and I didn't like him then. And then he started hanging out with Dom. He's like, I don't understand why you hate me so much. And I was like, because you're a dickhead? And he was like, but I've never done anything to you. And I was like, that doesn't change the fact that you're a dickhead. (laughs) And Dom tried to get me to be friends with him. And then, lo and behold, he, like, did some shit to Dom, and I was like, I told you he was a dickhead, and I told you you shouldn't have been hanging out with him, but you didn't fucking listen to me. Point being. (laughs) Point being, some people don't have this ability. (laughs) No survival instincts from Dominique. Do not listen to our animal instincts. (laughs) And some people will try to crush your animal instincts because they don't have any of their own. Yep. Or because they know you're the thing that your gut is being warning you about. Oh, for sure. They know full well what you're saying, and they are full well not listening. They know full well you are what they are talking about. And, yeah. Another sign you have clairsentience is that you find it difficult to watch the news or TV shows that are bloody and violent. I.e., I used to love watching uh, Law and Order SVU, and I can't anymore because as I get older and I watch episodes, it just makes me paranoid, and then I don't leave my house. <laughs> the the special I'm very sad because I will full be looking over my shoulder all the time, and not in the way that I am a female, and we do that anyway. But I do mean in a way that is like I just feel. I, Makes my heart race. I can't watch it. Three episodes. I think that's my limit. And then I'll start to feel funny. Yeah. That's like the whole (laughs) reason that I never watch CSI. Like the whole reason I could never watch it. I remember one 
I know you said you don't watch it, but I I, ha- I also relate because I remember one that spooked me. Like I, my mom used to watch it all the time. One episode that spooked me was at the beginning when the woman was getting murdered. She went to like a it was like a gas station bathroom and there was nobody in there. And then of course she gets murdered and it was just like no dude, no dude, <laughs> no. Dude, no. It's just the the fact of like the reality of some things because like horror movies you know are I fake. was just. I was just explaining to my father that I was like, I love horror movies, but I have a limit because the more realistic it is, the more I can't watch it because now I just get uncomfortable. I like stupid horror movies. I like watching things like Chucky and Annabelle because ain't no fucking doll getting up. And if it does, that is some esoteric shit. But watching something like that's a real person, you know, like Texas Chainsaw Massacre type shit. No, I can't do it. Or, um... Like, I know the, like, the purge is kind of silly, but it, it's kind of not at the I, same time, and it makes me uncomfortable. That was my example to my dad. That I agree. The purge like, is another one that I'm like, I can't. My parents... I can't do it. My parents love watching those movies, and I was like, why? Why? This is like watching the news recreationally. I can appreciate that if you are hearing us say this and you go, oh, I love true crime stuff, and you are still an empath, it's like, well, it's nice that you get to hold on to the fact, like, it's not like we forget that it's fake, but you're probably holding on to it a little bit better than than we are. Yeah. can't do it. So, I want to, so the one that made me, like, really, before we go on... (laughs) Wait, let me say this, though. I also, I think it's also important to point this out because if you are a witch or if you're interested in witchcraft, you're just listening to this podcast, you don't even perform any witchcraft. Halloween is, like, coming up. We're getting into fall. We all like ooky spooky. We all like, like, I won't say, I mean it generally. Of course, you may not, but I just mean in general. We all kind of like ooky spooky creepy shit. Some of us, though, you don't have to like everything, okay? It's okay. It doesn't make you lesser. Yeah. You can like creepy shit, but also go, and not that one, though. Uh, nope. Because I also do have a like for, like, real stuff, but I have a limit. Yeah. Like, I've, I've, I've gotten to a serial killer bunny hole as much as the next person, and then I have a moment where I'm like, oh, I can't no more. Oh. Because now I can creep myself out. Well, that, that's what I was going to talk about, though. So there was the um, the show called Mindhunter. And, yeah. I, like, it's it's older now. It's not, like, crazy old, but it's older now. I've heard of it. And I had to stop watching it. I just, I just couldn't watch it anymore. Because, first off, I knew what was going down. Because it was, like, um, a Will and Hannibal thing again from the CW Hannibal. But also, it was just really uncomfortable to see these serial killers manipulate this this agent, like, this psychologist into becoming one of them. And I was like, ooh, mm, all of these serial killers were real at one point, and I'm just like, ugh, let's, let's take a backseat. Yep, some of them are still alive. Yeah. Isn't that fucking worse? Some of them are still on death row. <laughs> at, least, at least if they're dead, then they're dead. Yeah. Some of them, some of them not. Some of them not dead. And that's too much for me, I think. <laughs> I will say the 
this totally influences my fear of clowns. I don't like clowns. I like clowns in, well, I like spooky clowns in, you know, fiction because they're not real, but also in real life, I can't fucking stand a clown because that is a real fucking person. And no. Nope. Yo, but a cat's <laughs> a no meat dog. But a, a clown's salary is pretty high up there if they're a good clown. I looked at it. I was like, that's, why? <laughs> that's good for them. <laughs> it's it's wild, but I feel. I they think, could take their balloon animals and fuck off. Well, I think from, like, an empathic standpoint, it's because you know they're lying to you. Well, it's... It, by this, I mean, like... Like, I liked watching it, all renditions of it. I read yeah. the book It. But the thing about... Okay, here's the thing about a clown, though. It, like like I said, it reminds me of, like, to why I will say Heath Ledger is my favorite Joker, but also, like, if he really existed, no. Because the Joker being a, a, a individual who fell to a bad acid has no, like, option but to be a clown, although you don't have to be a clown, but that's just how he looks. That's one thing. For it to be a man with face paint on who just does shit, like a real-ass person who just chooses to do this, like, and chooses to look like a clown about it, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> fuck you about it. I know this is serious, but just the, the, the way you said fuck you <laughs> got me. Like, the idea of some maniac wearing, like, clown paint and just doing stuff is a no. I'm gonna have to decline. Okay. To to derail this scary train (laughs) really quick because you saying fuck you reminded me of the way the guy said you crouched because that's (laughs) the guy the guy was like reading the question and he was like sometimes I like uh, I like to whatever not sit I like to stand or crouch during my prayers and he just went you crouch <laughs> and I was like oh my god <laughs> that he was like your core and muscles must be built I just couldn't just you crouch I love it <laughs> sorry derail and make it a little bit funny now now we can continue. So, another sign that you have clairsentience is that you are super sensitive to your environment. Another sign, emotional movies make you cry. Funnily enough, I didn't have this as a child, and the older I get, the more movies make me cry. Oh my god, like a my baby. Probably. Like a baby. I bawled for an entire movie one time. It's just too much. I watched Bambi 2. Oh yeah, my god. Bambi 1 is you watch her mom die. His. Her. His. There. <laughs> Bambi is a, is a male deer. He's a buck. You watch his mom die in the first one. Yeah, that's fucking sad. I cry. However, I watched Bambi too, and watching him develop his relationship with his father, I was crying. I was fucking crying. My dad's sitting there looking at me like I'm nutso. Mm-hmm. Fine. Because it was sad. And all 
also really touchy. It's just too much. Like, like scenes that aren't supposed to be sad still make you fucking sob. What's well, funny because I remember making fun is the word, but not maliciously. But I do remember poking fun at my mom because every time she watches the Fox and the Hound, she cries. I was just I thinking about Fox and the Hound. <laughs> I remember as a child, I used to be like, "Why are you crying? It's just a movie." Da 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 da. They're fake. I mean, my. <laughs> I'm eating my words. I could have shut my stupid child mouth. Honestly. <laughs> my sister My sister used to call me emotionless because I wouldn't cry at movies. Now look at me. Now look at us. Now look at me. I will cry all the way through Titanic. Three hours of tears. <laughs> we were just talking about Stephen Bucky, and I do oh really cry every God. time he's sitting there laying there beaten and bruised and because I'm with you till the end of the line and I'm like shut up Steve or I am legend when Sam dies shut up (laughs) no every time (sighs) okay so another sign you have clairsentience people think you're too sensitive fuck those people first off (laughs) As you were saying before, I do remember distinctly being sensitive as a child, being told to stop being sensitive, stopping being sensitive, and now I'm sensitive again. It's all coming full circle. Yeah. Luckily. Because I was told to suppress that. Like, stop being a baby. I was like, well, I did. Well, I did, and I regret it. (laughs) Yeah. And I bottled up a lot of shit. Now it's all coming out. Another sign you have clairsentience is that you physically feel other people's pain. Like before we were talking about period cramps, maybe somebody has a Charlie horse and you're just like, oh man, that sucks. <laughs> no. And you're just like, ah. <laughs> you're walking away from them and you're limping and everybody's like, what's going on? Did you hurt yourself? You're what's like, mm-hmm. you? yeah, absolutely. I hurt myself. I like to. Or even if it, you haven't maybe experienced it in real life or you haven't been in that position, I also like to liken it to the last Twilight movie in the Twilight series when Bella, right before she has that baby, breaks her fucking back in that crack sound that the movie makes. I literally arched in my seat. Oh, my. Because I was like, no. My God, the entire movie theater, every woman in that movie theater went, oh. <gasps> her back broke. And all you heard was the of that. <laughs> and I almost left. I almost just went, I gotta go. I no. cannot be here anymore. <laughs> I thought my back broke, because it was like, nope. It's, it's wild. Like, that was, no, 100% good on that, thanks. You know, most people sit on the couch and just watch a scene. If you are clairsentient or on the path to being clairsentient, you may have this sign, as in, like, you're watching a movie and the dude has to pop his arm back in, and you're sitting like, no one else is flinching but you. That's okay. You mean gagging and ready ready to walk out? No. Yeah. Another sign you have clairsentience is that you can pick up on the feelings of spirits. I think this is one of the more esoteric things. I think this is a, it is definitely one of those things, like, all of 
movies are empathic. That's the one thing that's going to make you feel clairsentient, I feel. Like, if I experience this, I'm going to go, oh, this is different. I bet I haven't been able to do this one before. Right. (laughs) If you are an empathic, you are like, yeah, yeah, all of these. You don't think you're clairsentient. You probably aren't in the spiritual realm too much. This is an ability you've picked up yet, but you can. (laughs) You can. If you are clairsentient, that is what makes you stand apart from an HSP or an empath. Now we're getting into the esoteric and the spiritual, the astral plane. That is where your abilities are strong enough to manifest. So you can pick up on the feelings of spirits. If you went to the Winchester Mansion, you probably felt a couple of things. Because you definitely feel ghosts. When you go to an empty building, you probably go, oh... There's some, there's some energy here. Just, I gotta get out. (laughs) (laughs) Another sign you have clairsentience is that your mood changes quickly and unexpectedly. Why? Well, because you're picking up on everybody else's moods, like a antenna. Like a sponge. Like you are a little antenna and everybody's just shooting off radio waves. You're just picking up every signal. Man, imagine being able to tune into every radio station. A nightmare. Imagine being able to tune into every radio station but actually having control. See, That's that would fun. be that would be interesting, but I feel, <laughs> I feel like you have to go through the nightmare portion portion of being able to tune into everybody before you can go through the, you know, less nightmarish portion of being able to turn it on and off and control which ones you're tuning into. Mm-hmm. Like your dial's just spinning at all times during the nightmare portion. Just ooh, ooh, ooh. And you're like, please stop. Another sign you have clairsentience is that you can tell when someone has had a bad day. I think this is like the standard level. If you are in HSP, you're just going to feel this. At all ends of the spectrum, you're just going to feel this. Right, because Another sign. like... For the HSP portion, somebody who's had a bad day, they usually show it physically, too. Like, really, right. really physically. For sure. You look exhausted and ready to murder. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Another sign you have clairsentience is that you can notice temperature changes, i.e., as I said before about Mean Girls, being able to smell rain and sense the weather. Sorry, I adjusted my seat. You know, I have I, was like, <laughs> I have a much greater appreciation for that character than I did when I was like 12. <laughs> well, she is supposed to be the stupid one, but I find it funny that she she was the one. She was like, yeah, my boobs tell me the weather. <laughs> she like, is just so same. airheaded. I love her. Yeah. No one's shocked. <laughs> no, nobody is. Nobody who knows you is shocked. Uh, she dressed like a mouse. What are you supposed to be? I'm a mouse. Duh. <laughs> Duh. Oh. Oh. Duh. I'm a mouse. Um, another sign you have clairsentience is that you completely trust your feelings. As in, as before, you have strong gut feelings about people. It's that you have strong gut feelings about things or people and you don't second guess them like the rest of us. (laughs) 
I appreciate those of you who have never suppressed this feeling, like full, full respect for that, because most of us have. Yeah. Another sign you have clairsentience, you make sure to feel comfortable in your clothing and in your home. I would like to preface that comfortable is subjective because I think my idea of comfortable is not other people's idea of comfortable. I dress a bit like a hoe and I think most people would think that's uncomfortable, but it's comfortable to me. <laughs> I enjoy it. I don't know about y'all, but your idea of comfortable may be sweatpants and tennis shoes and nothing else. Or it may be like dresses and blouses flowy things or anything else but the most important thing is that you make sure to feel comfortable in your clothing and in your home so it's an internal feeling not necessarily a a way it looks but I just went on a rant to my father earlier today about how I've become an old person and I really care about my bed (laughs) because well I do feel like you go and I think males are especially bad about this. It's just under straight males. They have like two pillows, one sheet. How? I don't understand. What the fuck is this? I really don't understand. I literally have five blankets on my bed and two of them are weighted. (laughs) I I just don't get it. I don't understand how they sleep like that. Like, do you not like to feel cuddled and comfortable in your bed? I guess not, but I do. I care. Thank you. (laughs) Another sign you have clear sentience, you stay away from negative people because you pick up on everybody's wavelengths. So I agree. I remember like being at Walmart the other day and as soon as somebody gave me a little bit of a hint of attitude, I was like, I'm going to the next aisle. This isn't, not today. It's not today for me. There was an AS like that, and I'm glad he's gone now, but, like, he just had this nasty look on his face all the time. And, you know, some people have resting bitch face, and I have resting bitch face, so I give people the benefit of the doubt. But, no, his resting bitch face was not just resting. It was internal. <laughs> like he it was, was active. It was active. He was just always a dickhead for no reason like you'd be asking him about I don't I don't know like I have no idea you'd be asking him about something simple and he would just give you a dickhead answer and you're like why why do you have to okay you know what just I'm gonna avoid you like he was so bitchy about the fact he had to pee in a cup and he just had this nasty look and attitude when he came to pee in his cup and I was like dude it takes like five minutes not even that it's just a cup it's literally just a cup yes you have to have somebody sit there and look at your dick to pee in this cup but it 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 literally takes less time It takes more time to bitch about it. It takes more time to bitch about it. You're right. So, you stay away from negative people. (laughs) Another sign you have clear sentience is you feel bad events before they happen. 
Um, I think I'll describe this in the small sense, because I think I, I have definitely felt this, and I think I've only felt it in a small sense, but that's probably because I don't leave my house too much. I've never felt anything big yet. I don't know if I want to, because it's said bad events. So, but it's sort of like how you know that a party is going to suck before it happens. Mm. And I don't mean suck, but maybe you know that something's going to happen. And you take a chance and you go and that thing you knew was going to happen happens. That would be a bad event. I don't want to say anything specific because, I don't know, a lot of things could happen. But it would be that sense of you're getting ready and you're doing your hair and you're putting your shoes on and you're like, no, I don't know. Maybe we just shouldn't go. Well, why? I don't know, but I feel like we shouldn't go. (laughs) In the same sense of being able to pick on the feelings of being able to pick up on the feelings of spirits, that would kind of be one of those things. You tend to feel the negative energy of a spirit, as in, I just walked into this building and it's like, hmm. I don't know, but this don't feel right. So hmm, I feel I like know. I'm gonna get dragged by da- dragged by my hair down the hall if I'm not careful. <laughs> Just hmm, maybe not. I'm sure people. I'm sure uh, witches or magical users who have very high functioning and very um, aggressive clairsentience. They probably felt a couple of the big bad events. I think of like I'm sure somebody predicted. January White House situation I would not be shocked because if you had high functioning clairsentience you would probably pick up on that I'm sure somebody picked up on 9-11 happening before it happened it makes me think of when "Mm." you you did you ever watch any of those videos where Bahati was like during like the the pandemic and stuff like that Bahati was like I I, I knew this was coming, mm-hmm. but I just shut up about it eventually because nobody was listening, and I was like, ooh. But, yeah, that's that's what it... What you're talking about makes me think of Bahati. Well, devil's advocate, the devil being society and science, I kind of... I uh, It does... It's unfortunate when people don't believe you, but you don't have a standing to be believed. It yeah. It's just a feeling, so... It's always unfortunate, but, I mean, it it is a little bit of, like, what if it doesn't, though? Yeah. But I I agree. I remember her saying, I remember her saying that, not for bad events, but for a few of her astrology videos where she was saying, yeah, I knew this was going to happen or that was going to happen. It's like... Well, I, I remember, like... Right, um, right as we were getting into astrology and everything, like back at the beginning of last year, I remember we were watching a couple of her videos and she's like, things are gonna change. Things are gonna go wild (laughs) here real soon. And I was like, okay, cool. And then they Great. I feel like I've had a couple of moments where spiritual social has like, I, I can feel like I, I feel like I've heard her say similar things that she's felt some feelings. I can't think of anything specific though, but I feel like I've been watching a few of her videos, like in passing, not paying attention, being like her 
t- talking about energies. So that may be you. You may be able to feel situations before situations occur. And the last sign I have that you have clear sentience is that you feel the presence of spirits. Like I said in the other one about spirits, picking up on the feelings of spirits and the presence of spirits is to me like it feels like the uh, like the checkpoint, right? I think it's not saying you have like the highest form of clear sentience or like it's like you're done, but I feel like that's how you know you've reached from being just empathic to having clairsentience is when you can start to feel things that are not of this realm anymore. What is that sound? <laughs> oh, sorry, it's me. It's, it sounds like popping popcorn. It, it's me tapping on the microphone. Oh. I didn't think you, I didn't know you could hear it. I'm tapping on his little legs. He has legs. Yeah, I, I can, I thought it was popping popcorn. I was like, what is that? I wish. Popcorn sounds really good right now. Yeah, it kind of does. <laughs> I ain't got none in here, though. I have, I've stopped buying it. The kernel's so, stuck. There was kettle corn. Oh my god. Thursday, and I didn't get any. <sighs> Caramel kettle corn is so good. Uh, you know what? Cheddar caramel, cheddar, <laughs> cheddar kettle corn is also really, really good. Kettle corn. Kettle corn. Anyway, this is not a podcast about food. No. <laughs> no. But I'm, I want food. It's feeling the presence of spirits, clear audience, being able to hear spirits, clear sentience, being able to feel the energy, soul energy of a spirit. Or, mm, see, I was about to say something that would be wrong. If you're wondering, clear tangency is clear touch, whereas Clairsentience is feeling the energy of a spirit in a room. Clairtangency would be you would be the type of person that picked up Annabelle and went, oh no, this shit's haunted. Oh, fuck. You didn't know before you touched it, but picking up that doll or picking up that object or picking up that diary is like, oh, no. (laughs) If I bring this into my house, it is also going to bring some very bad juju into my house. It makes me think of, like, so, like a cigar box I picked up at my great-grandma's house one time, and I immediately put it back down. I was like, mm, I don't, I don't think grandpa, great-grandpa is gone. I think Claire, t- I think Claire, t- God, don't snitch you. Well, I told you about no. the stories from my great-grandma's house and how I hated being there, <laughs> didn't I? Yes. Fucking all that shit going on, and I was the only one in the house with my great-grandma, but she was asleep. I think Claire Tangency is the one I will do next to sort of segue and talk about the differences between the two. I don't know if I've ever experienced Claire Tangency, but I don't really um, have any experience. I was going to say have any experience picking up objects, but I mean, like, I don't go antiquing, and I don't go to, like, haunted houses, and... I don't have too many dead people in my family more now, 
but definitely not when I was a kid, so. Yeah, I don't have too many it either seems like in my family. people in my family didn't, it seems like people in my family didn't, like, collect stuff, mm-hmm. I guess is the best way. We don't have dead people things. I, <laughs> That's what I mean. We don't have dead people stuff. I just had a crazy thought, because my grandparents love to go antiquing. They love to go garage like go to garage sales and yard sales and stuff like that and pick up stuff all over the place all the cowboy stuff they love to pick up but it just made it just hit me i was like that explains why my grandparents house is so haunted (laughs) is they're picking up all the shit why are you picking up so many antiques leave them i get they're cute did you sage it no (laughs) no Sometimes that you can't. The spirit is just in there. No, honestly. <laughs> it. But so. Anyway. Somebody with clear audience. You know, to separate them because you can have multiple abilities, but if it's to separate them just on their own. Somebody with clear audience may not be able to sense a spirit, but they can hear spirits. Somebody with clear sentience may not be able to hear a spirit or see a spirit, but they know a spirit is there. They feel that spirit. Best case scenario is you can do all of that, because wouldn't it be freaky if you could hear that spirit but not see the spirit? Mm. Well, I mean, both of us have clear audience, and I don't necessarily think it's freaky, but if I was in a building, like, that I was, like, like, not being able to feel a spirit so you're thinking nothing's wrong and you're just hearing this disembodied voice or just whispering in your own ears and you're like what the hell is that this place isn't even haunted yeah that would Hell yeah <laughs> well i mean for me i really haven't heard Could you imagine like being like the only person like i just imagine because you'd be like the mall and it's open and people are there but you're the only person in like this section and all of a sudden it's just or something no <laughs> i would punch a rack and you <laughs> but like um, for us, our clear audience really hasn't manifested as for, like, spirits. I feel like ours yeah. has more been, like, spirit guides with the ringing in the ears and all that good jazz. But I don't think right. it's, I don't think any actual spirits have tried to come through, so. But well, I would, I would. Since I bought that encyclopedia, I feel like I've shifted my vocabulary and I call everything a spirit. But, like, I agree. Yeah, like, like ghosts. Like, deities and things like that's what I feel like I have heard yeah I haven't heard a spirit as in a person who is no longer alive (laughs) and wants to tell me secrets (laughs) (laughs) that I don't want I was just watching have more experience with ghosts that I have had so yeah, mo- like, I, d- I don't think I've ever heard them, but I've definitely seen some stuff. Uh, but it makes me think of... I was just watching The Conjuring yesterday, and there's a scene where she falls down into the basement, and then you... At first, the only thing she hears is, she made me do it. Mm-hmm. And that would be the shit that would make me jump through the roof, and there'd be... You'd never see me again. I'd be out the window. <laughs> Bye. That's a that's Bye, a lie. <laughs> like I get spooked for a little bit and then I'm just like, but what is that? What is that? No, seriously. Is it I think that's like the worst I feel like I've developed that habit the more we've dove into witchcraft and esoteric things, because now I'm just curious and it's like, is that a good thing? Is that a good thing? 
not being able to sense them uh, means that I can't tell if you're good or not. <laughs> yeah. I think we're so. both on like, well, for me, I'm I'm pretty sure I'm more on like the the high hypersensitive person spectrum rather than the other side of the spectrum. Wouldn't that be like hippo? I'm trying to think of science. Okay. Wouldn't that wouldn't that be like like hippo sensitive or something? <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean. I got it. I got it. But it's like it's like between the the HPS or the HSP. What the fuck? Yes. What? Yeah. And the empathic, like somewhere in the middle ground of those two things. And then sometimes, depending on how tired I am, I vacillate way onto the other side of empathic. Well, it's the same as being like a child. You don't have those like barriers. Yeah. So spirits are just like, hey, knock knock. Open up, and it's like no. And you're like it's, and you're like it's 3 a.m. <laughs> Fuck off. Oh my god, you just made me remember something though. So when I was a kid, I was scared shitless of the movie Signs. You know the alien movie. Yes. I was absolutely scared shitless of that movie, and I watched it recently, and I was like, or not recently, recently, but recently enough, and I was like, this movie's not scary. But it came to the one scene that scared, that always made me piss my pants. Like, I would run into the back room and hide. It scared me so bad. And I came to that scene again, and it scared the shit out of me again. And I was like, oh, that's because it looks familiar. You, you just made me realize it's because it looks, it looks like stuff I've seen before. Because the scene is when they're like... They're like at that kid's birthday party or something in a backyard, and you just see the shadow dart into the bushes. I'm, mm. <laughs> like you, it just disappears, and it's like, oh no, 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 no. I would not. Nah. <laughs> not real. Never mind. There was there was one time I hid behind the TV because I was like, they won't be able to see me behind the TV. They can find me in the other rooms, but because they're coming out of the TV, they won't be able to find me behind the TV. You know, weird little kid logic. Wow. Because <laughs> it's, not, it's not true, but, you know, you tried. <laughs> you always tried differently as a kid. Like, you really try. Like, nowadays, I'd, you're right, like, we'd probably run to a different room or I'd run out or something or, or I don't know what I would do. But, like, you really do think of things because you're trying really hard as a child. Boy, girl, man, <laughs> I just thought of another thing because my first NaNoWriMo, um, all of the people trying to kill my main character were shadow people in the very beginning until she found out who it was and then they weren't shadow people anymore but i was just thinking i just wrote a scene yesterday i'm rewriting it right now for a competition and i was there's a scene at when i first wrote it i had a scene where she's running through the woods being chased by these shadow people and instead of having her being chased through the woods um, it came up to her house when she was about to leave and she was sitting on the tiles in the kitchen. She's like, oh shit, oh shit, oh shit, oh shit, fuck. God, I don't ever pray to you, but please, <laughs> for the love of God. And um, 
the the other main character showed up and they were like talking in her doorway and then he looked behind her because her dog started barking at nothing and then they turned around and the shadow thing that had been on her porch was inside and he was like run just go and that's what that reminded me of like just now i when you try so hard as a kid but now they're like they're not kids they're old older teenagers i think they're 18 in the story now instead of the 14 that they were originally and instead of like you know running into the woods like she originally did he's like go down the down the driveway get gone go <laughs> get gone we can get run gone, like if we run down the street somebody's going to find us eventually right anyways that was a tangent, so, but it still goes together. No, but it's important. <laughs> I have some ways to develop your clairsentience. I'm going to preface this now and say they're not, like, amazing. You know everything I'm about to say. Because I, I think, as I said, probably in an episode, because I remember hearing myself say this, it's like, honestly, witchcraft and spirituality is real fucking simple. It's like, we make it hard, or make it sound hard, or seem hard, but it's like, no... It's, it's just the same shit over and over and over. It really is because that's how I feel about my topic. Like all of the things to do the thing are the same as some other. Yeah. We just don't want to put the work into the things that are already in place. <laughs> uh, bro, I, that's not even magic. That's just everyday life. <laughs> like we're going to humans. We are notorious for not doing the things. Yeah, like, the, the crazy thing is, is all of witchcraft is connected. So if you develop one thing, you're also developing, like, three other things. Everything else. <laughs> like, literally. That's why everything leads back to, like, meditation, because you're spiritually developing yourself through meditation. You're reaching higher vibrations. But you don't want to do that, so you're never getting anywhere with anything else either. Because everything leads back to meditation and quieting your mind and expanding your mind and blah, 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 blah. And you're tired of us. But I'm sorry. It's all the same things. So, if you would like to develop clairsentience, if you are like us and you are on the empathic spectrum and you're going, hmm, I'd like to be better. I'm going to tell you. The one thing you can do is listen to your emotions and gut feelings. Your emotional center is your guiding daemon when it comes to clairsentience. As I said before, when this was a sign, you probably shut this down. If you are somebody who has never shut this down, I really respect you. Because, tell me, somebody who has not. We literally just don't listen to it all the time. And it very much feels like on the outside, it is so obvious, but when it is you, it is not. I.e., when you're watching a horror movie and you're literally yelling at the screen like, Don't do it! Don't go in there! But, like, honestly, if that were you a little bit, you probably would go, Eh. <laughs> It'll be I'll fine. Be it. <laughs> well, literally. Well, I mean, that's even, I think it's even worse for women because we're always told, you know, don't be loud, don't, like, be quiet. That you're being too sensitive. Yeah, don't be so sensitive, don't be so emotional, why are you crying, why are you this, why are you that? Like, I can very vividly remember a couple times in, like, different classes when somebody would start crying over, like, a movie, and then everybody else would be like, oh, why are you, like, making fun of that girl, and it's like, 
This is why. It's because society. Mm-hmm. Yes. So, the first step is listening to your emotions and your gut feelings. This will probably be the hardest for most of us, but it is the most important. The second thing, pay attention to your physical reactions. Because if you end up going somewhere or doing something and you feel chills or goosebumps and it is 100 degrees outside and there's no reason to feel chills or goosebumps, the AC is not on, there is no fan, that might be important. (laughs) That might be a thing, dear. Even in terms of the HSP and the empathic qualities, not so much the clairsentience, but maybe even all of a sudden you have a headache and you're just like, dude, why, dude? Then you look behind you and there's a person. You're like, hey, you all right? I have a headache. Oh. Hmm. Right? Hmm. Interesting. (laughs) Suspicious. Suspicious. The third thing you can do to develop your clairsentience is to learn to work with energy. Meditating, healing, or light work can help one learn the movements and behaviors of different energy. Um, I have a book. It's called Everyday Magic. I can't think of the author, but she has a section in there that uh, is about cyballs, which is physical energy manifestation that you make from your own energy. Now, I remember reading it and thinking it was stupid. I'm going to be straight up. I remember reading it and being like, okay, I'm never doing that. That's dumb. But. It's fun, though. No. No, it isn't. No, it isn't. It's not stupid. It's not, but it is fun. Um, Energy. And her name is Semra uh, Hawksever. Yes. Because I have it on top of my pile that the the phone is sitting (laughs) on right now. And I was was just looking at the sideballs earlier before we started recording. If you haven't noticed, we have the same books. A lot of the time. <laughs> it's because we have a singular brain cell. It's because we tell each other. <laughs> the other one the book. <laughs> uh, it also makes me think of Reiki working with energy. Maybe see a Reiki healer and ask them. I was about to say, just don't just go see one. Ask them. How do you do the thing? <laughs> Or just walk into the building like a creep. It makes me think, too, one of the first things I saw was like a Pinterest thing, and I still do it, is that uh, a witch was talking to us amateurs, and she said that one of the things she likes to do when she can't feel the energy and is trying to spell is she rubs her hands together so she can feel the energy in her, and I do do that (laughs) still (laughs) because it works for me. It works really well. It makes my... I did that, and my hands were warm for, like, 30 minutes and tingly. It was very... It wasn't for spell work. It was just... I can't remember why I was doing it, but it was part of, like, the instructions for something. And I was like, oh, this is going to be so silly. And then it worked, and I was like, oh, (laughs) I forget not to doubt. (laughs) Literally. And then it said, psych. They said, it's silly, huh? You're silly. You're a silly beast. (laughs) So another way to develop clairsentience is to learn what affects energy. Thoughts, feelings, and actions all affect energy, as does cleanliness. If you are one of those people who feels bogged down when you're dirty, that's, that's why. 
Fair. I, I know when a... I am one of those people. It's like you can almost Especially feel the, the dirt on your skin, and it's just like... <laughs> it's almost like it's trapped. Like, the dirt is saran wrap, and my energy can't get out or something. I don't know. No, literally, it just... Just being a little dirty makes me feel more dirty. Like, the... 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 What? Okay. Anyway. I was about to say, especially, like, when I have dirty feet. Oh, my God. It makes me want to cut my feet off. <laughs> or, like... So, recently, I, I don't remember what I was touching at work, but I was doing something, and then... When I pulled my hands away, my hands just felt like... Not... Like, it was... A dry sort of slimy and it's Ew. that's the best way I can explain it and I didn't get a chance to wash my hands for like an hour and it was driving me up a fucking wall <laughs> because I could just feel it I was like I don't know what's on my skin I can't see it it just <laughs> <laughs> if you are a high sensory person or on the empathic spectrum, you probably do feel dirtiness more indifferently than everybody else. I also, like, I hate, see, I hate having dirty feet and I can't go to bed. Like, I have to wash, like, I can't, I can't sleep. <laughs> I can't sleep with socks and I can't sleep with dirty feet. Oh, no. Fuck socks. <laughs> Fuck socks when you go to bed. <laughs> But as we've already covered before, for things like manifestations and intentions, thoughts, feelings, and actions all affect your energy. And the last thing you can do to develop your clairsentience is practice. Wow. <laughs> I know. I know, it's hard to hear. I know, it's just, you're sick of it. But practicing, how do you get better at soccer? You practice. Has to become muscle how memory. Like, how do you get better at anything? You practice. Witchcraft and spiritual esoteric things are no different. Especially when you're not, like, immediately inclined to them. Like, naturally inclined to them. Right. Ugh. Yeah, me playing an instrument. Ow. My knee hurts, sorry. <laughs> I'm rubbing it, I'm like, ah. That's me. Every time I sit down to do, like, my yoga at night, my knee just aches, and I was like, why? Why? Just let me sit cross-legged, please. <laughs> no. Never. So, that's what I have. So far, clear audience, hearing, clear sentience, feeling energy. The sensing. Sentience. Sentience. <laughs> Same thing. <laughs> <laughs> what do you have for us? Okay. Okay. So, per request from the last time we recorded, uh -huh. I'm, a, <laughs> I'm talking. <laughs> Ryan, I am talking about <laughs> astral projection today. Yay! So you, I, I don't. If you've ever researched astral projection... Wow. Energy. Energy. If you've ever researched astral projection, I'm sure you know how much of a fucking headache it is. Like, today I was trying to research it to give you stuff other than my opinion, and I found almost, like, nothing. 
everything was like, what is astral projection? Is it even real? Yes, it is. No, it's not. Skeptical view, non-skeptical view, like all these different things. And one specific Netflix series kept coming up over and over again. And I, I put it on my watch list because I'm like, well, I, I'll watch it because it came up so many times. But can I get something that's not about this stupid fucking series? No. The answer to that was no. So I, I'll, I'll, break, I, I'll give you what I found. And then we'll discuss it. <laughs> because it wasn't a lot. But I'll give you what I found. Um, so this stuff comes from 7 Store? No, store. S-T-O-R-E.com. The blog for that store specifically. And then Sage uh, hyphen, hyphen? Yes, hyphen soul.com. So S A G E hyphen S O L.com. Just like I was when I was researching this. S O L. So y- you've heard us talk about it a lot, just like with everything else, but we're finally doing an episode on it. And this 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 is this is what you get. This is what I have for you. So by this point, I hope you know what astral projection is. Astral projection is your astral body, your energetic body, your soul, whatever the fuck you want to call it, the thing that makes you you leaves your body to go do whatever it does outside your body. Sometimes like if you're not conscious for it, obviously you don't know what you're doing outside. But if you are conscious for it, well, kudos to you. I hope you did some cool stuff because you can do a lot in the astral realm. Because the astral realm is a separate dimension. And it's like a doorway to other dimensions. Because you go from the 3D to the 4D, which I think I talked about during the Akashic Records episode. So you might not have access to the Akashic Records, but this is a step towards that. (laughs) You're going from 3D to 4D. Um, Astral projecting can happen naturally or with purpose. You You can make yourself do this, which a lot of us attempt and try to learn how to do. Or, you know, it just happens. It just happens. I think I saw a statistic that it said like, Something like 45 to 50% of the world's population experiences one astral projection episode or one out-of-body experience episode, which this can this can be known as out-of-body experience. They're kind of people treat them as interchangeable, but they're not particularly interchangeable. They are similar things, very closely linked, and that's why they get mixed up all the time, but they're not the exact same thing. I'm not going to go into what an out-of-body experience is. You guys can figure that out for yourself. Please and thank you. But they're not the same thing. So why would you want to even astral project? Well, it allows you to do a bunch of shit. Uh, One of those things is you can talk to your guides, your spirit guides, like deities, all kinds of things. Um, It can help you develop your psychic gifts. 
you can visit all different kinds of places. If you wanted to, in the astral realm, you could visit Atlantis if that was the intention that you set. You could visit Atlantis and go there and see what it's like. I don't know. I don't know what you would be doing in Atlantis. Who, like, I don't know. Or you could go to, like, Italy and you could walk around the streets of Venice or other things like that. Like, there's no limit to what you can do in the astral when you get there. Okay. Another thing that gets talked about a lot in relation to astral projection is, like, meeting your soulmate in the astral realm, provided that certain parameters are met. You can't just go to the astral realm and then there's your soulmate. That's not how it works. From what I have read, you kind of both have to be doing it at the same time with the intent of meeting each other at the same time. So things just kind of have to align, which one in a million chance, but it's, it's, it's happened for other people, so it can happen for you too. Just hasn't happened for me yet, so... Here are some, like, ways you can... There's a better way to say that. This is what it may feel like to astral project when you begin to so on and so forth. So you might feel like a vibrating in your core when, before you, like, leave your body. You, you're, you just might feel a vibration. And that's called the, uh, the, I have it written down somewhere. That's called the vibrational stage. <laughs> you can feel as if you're floating, swaying, falling. Um, you might jerk awake because that's your astral body suddenly returning to your body. Um, and you might also have paralysis. So we talked about this in the lucid dreaming episode. It's, it's a, a lot of what I said in the lucid dreaming episode is going to sound very familiar in this episode because they are very closely linked. But where in the lucid dreaming you're trying to get to the dream realm, in the astral projection, like trying to astral project, you're trying to stay conscious. You're not trying to fall asleep when you astral project. So here are some things that you can do to help you on your journey to astral projection, but I will be 100% completely honest. <sighs> the the sites that Go I the, there there was one site that it was like techniques to help you astral project, and then it was literally one technique, and it was not helpful at all. <laughs> because it was like, okay, you relax, and then you deep breathe, and then you leave your body, and then you're astral projecting. It's like, what? <laughs> that is not helpful. <laughs> no. That is literally what we're trying to do. Give us the steps between relaxing and astral projecting, and it was so hard to find. So I'm just going to have to do it and then do my own blog post about it because it was frustrating the fuck out of me. <laughs> But I'll tell you what, what I found. And these are some tips. And then I 
I'm pretty sure I did write down the one technique that was not just relax and then astral project, but it's still kind of like relax and then astral project. Anyways. So you can get into a proper sleeping routine, which means to go to bed at the same time and get up at the same time. This is hard for a lot of people. It's hard for me. You can get a full eight hours of sleep. The more you sleep properly, the easier things like lucid dreaming and astral projecting are going to be. Now, this is why I look for other techniques because I am not a person who sleeps first off soundly and second off like routinely. Sometimes I go to bed at 11 at night and wake up at five in the morning. Sometimes I go to bed at seven and wake up at five in the morning. <laughs> sometimes I wake up at 4.30, sometimes I wake up at six. And as much as I've tried to wake up at the same time every day, I am one of those people who like slap their phone, snooze their phone and roll back over without even mostly being conscious. So <laughs> it happened today. I was trying to wake up early to do notes and uh, yeah, I slept through my four o'clock alarms. I snoozed both my five and 5.30 alarm. And then I was laying there at six. I was like, I should probably get up <laughs> and do these notes. So here we are. <laughs> so start, start getting proper sleep and start getting a proper sleep schedule is something that can help. If you don't keep a dream journal, uh, starting to keep a dream journal can help. Like I said, these things are closely related and a lot of things that I said for the lucid dreaming is going to be similar for the astral projecting because they are so closely linked. Next, start to do reality checks because the things that are weird during, like in dreams are still going to be weird in the astral realm. In my opinion, you go to the same dimension when you sleep and when you astral project. Just one, you intentionally left your body and the other one, you're still in your body. If that makes any sense. Next, research, like read about astral projection, uh, watch videos about it. Of course, um, take a lot of that stuff with a grain of salt because your experience is not going to be the same as somebody else's, just like we say with a lot of things. And of course, some people are charlatans. I try very hard. Like I want to believe people are telling the truth, but my pessimistic self has a hard time believing people sometimes. And then I vacillate wildly onto the other side of believing everything people say. So you, you kind of have to find a middle, middle ground in there. And I haven't yet. I'm bad at it. <laughs> um, next, meditation. You guys knew I was going to say it, so don't be surprised that I said it. <laughs> um, do relaxation meditations. Just do meditation in general. Because I feel like meditation are the only times I've ever felt, felt like you. Yeah, like felt like I could astral project. 
Yeah, I was going to say, like, we've had, me and you have both kind of had almost their experiences, but not full-on experiences when meditating. One thing I saw which I found interesting was to oversleep, nap, and use the wake-back-to-bed technique. So, one, you're sleeping more than you need to. Another one, you're sleeping during the day. And another one, you're just completely ruining your sleep schedule. <laughs> so, uh, pick your poison there. Next. So, this, this one is an actual technique that I saw that I'll go through. Um, so, first step, you relax both mentally and physically. And then focus on your breathing. So if you've ever experienced, I talked about this in the lucid dreaming episode, if you've ever experienced sleep paralysis, you might enter that weird heaviness stage that feels like somebody's sitting on your chest. Um, this is, this in my head is why it's so hard for a lot of people to actually astral project like on command is because this is a very scary stage. Yes, if you've ever experienced sleep paralysis, you will connect the two because the feeling is the same. From the... I have not, but thank you. <laughs> from focusing on your breathing um, and entering this heaviness stage, this kind of like in between, in between kind of consciousness stage that you get into in like a deep meditative stage, state. That's kind of what you're trying to reach is the deep meditative stage, uh, state. God damn. <laughs> Once you've reached that, you will go into the vibrational stage where you might feel the tingling, where you might feel the vibration in your core. Again, you're not going to feel everything, but this is one of the signs that you might be getting ready to astral project. From there, visualize, but don't actually move. So visualize like your hand moving, lifting, um, your legs, like your leg lifting, stuff like that. And then from there, eventually, you'll be able to, like, roll out of your body, float out of your body, just stand out of your body. That's why I said this, this technique wasn't very helpful, because you go from, oh, move something and then stand up. And that's what a lot of the techniques were, was, oh, move <laughs> like, something, what do you get up. Mean? <laughs> So I feel like there, there needs to be some transitional stages here. I can understand because it would be, I feel like it'd be a really hard thing to explain. But that doesn't make it any better. Because I've gotten to this, this visualizing stage where, like, I was in Florida and I was trying to astral project when I was in Florida. And I got to a point where it felt like my hand and my leg were, like, lifting without like I knew my leg was still on the bed and I knew my arm was still on the bed but it felt like they were lifting above the bed like a good six inches above the bed 
So that's the point that I got to, but I could, like, I didn't know how to get from that to standing up. <laughs> it seems like it should be straightforward, you know, you've already got a leg out, now just, you know, stand up. <laughs> no. Wrong. I don't think it's that straightforward. I feel like um, when I think of it for myself that I had that one meditation where I definitely felt like I was floating off the bed. I think like the hardest thing is like is is like convincing your brain to not go like, oh, I'm astral projecting because it feels like you slap right back into your body because you just thought about it. Yeah. It's this, the best way for me to describe it is like, you know, you, you look, you looked at it like you thought it and now your body went, never mind. Yeah. It's the same thing. Back in. Um, <laughs> if, if you've ever tried to like see auras, it's the same thing as like the one technique that I recently saw that's worked for me so far, but I haven't gotten any like anywhere bigger is that you spread your fingers apart and you look at the space between your fingers typically on like a white background or something that doesn't have a lot of color and you stare between your fingers and like you kind of unfocus your eyes and eventually this white outline will will appear around your hand and but the problem is is when you start focusing on the outline that's when everything becomes sharp again so but it's hard not to focus on the outline because it's like, oh, suddenly there's something between your fingers when there wasn't before. It's like, it's like you get excited. That, it's exactly it. It's like, oh, it's working. <laughs> like, like, <laughs> like a dog with a bone. I literally feel like that's what I thought when I was like, oh, I'm astral projecting. And then it was like, no, no, you're not. No, let you me, aren't. Let me slam you straight back into your body. <laughs> My body went, girl, shut up. You stupid bitch. <laughs> Why'd you say something? Why'd you open your mouth? <laughs> Literally. All I right. definitely felt that tingly, too. I felt it, like, I remember feeling it, like, in my limbs, but in my tummy. Yeah. <laughs> I felt I, tingly. I, I like that feeling a lot, <laughs> but also, um, it's, it's not... So it's very similar to like when you're, like your foot falls asleep or your arm falls asleep, but at the same time, it's not as painful, but because it yeah. feels like similar sensations, your brain is like, oh shit, like something fell asleep, you need to wake that thing up. And it's like, no, 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 brain, shut up. <laughs> That's not it. That's not it. Shut up. <laughs> Stop trying to wake this I thing up. Don't make me move. <laughs> on top of the excitement, there is a little bit of like, like you were saying before about the, the lucid dreaming sensation, you might feel af afraid. I remember feeling afraid when I could feel myself lifting because I was like, why am I lifting? Hello? Where am I going? What the fuck? I was like, I'm moving. But I'm not moving. Like, it's like your brain, you take, yeah, your brain has a moment. Yeah. I think that's the hardest to bypass. Your lizard brain is the hardest to bypass. <laughs> Because, you know, your lizard brain is there to keep you alive. So things that are weird and things that don't make sense are going to trigger red flags. And it's like, oh, my God, something's trying to kill you. And it's like, no, no, it's not. No, literally, I felt myself floating. And my first thought was, oh, my God. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> oh, God. Then I opened my eyes and looked down and it was like, damn it. <laughs> Fuck. Damn it, lizard brain. 
Couldn't you shut up for five seconds? No. Impossible. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Other things that you can try, you can try teas, spells, mantras. Those are all avenues that are open. Yeah, that are, <laughs> that are open to witches that you can attempt. I have not attempted any of these because reasons. I have done the meditation, but I don't need something weird to show up on a, a toxicology report when I pee in a cup. So, teas have been out of the question so far. Anyway, um, you can practice mindfulness, which is another form of meditation. This is the other technique that I saw, which also was only mildly helpful. <laughs> um, it says, for two days, sleep for eight hours, and then on the third day, use the wake back, back to bed technique, essentially. So wake up three hours early, do a task for 30 minutes, something mundane, something that's not actually going to get your brain going. Um, and then return to bed and repeat the mantra, I will leave my body with full clarity. I am protected and safe. And then visually see yourself moving out of your body. Again, only mildly helpful because you went, repeat this mantra, get out of your body. And it's like, what? No, literally the steps said, um, the steps were like the sleep step and then the visualized step, and then the step after that was enjoy astral projecting. And it's like, what? No. <laughs> Where are the other steps? <laughs> How do I get out of the body, though? <laughs> you can also proposition a Where's deity. Where's the door? <laughs> uh, you can also proposition a deity. There's a lot of deities for like that have kind of a realm over astral projecting so you can proposition say, one of them if i proposition hermes he just gonna rip me out i feel definitely he's gonna grab your silver cord and he's just gonna yank <laughs> like by my hair or something just oh my like god <laughs> if he yanked oh me out of my if, if he yanked me out of my body by my hair, I would come out swinging and we'd have issues. <laughs> I honestly feel the same way I felt when we were talking about lucid dreaming. I honestly feel like he's literally just waiting for me to do these things. Probably. Just sitting there like, hello? Hello, I've been dialing on the phone. I've been waiting for years. Like, why is she slow? Her lizard brain. Lizard brain. <laughs> Which, lastly... And probably the most important, you need to dispel fears and doubts. And I'll get into that in my next topic, but... Witchcraft. <laughs> you need to dispel fears and doubts. And uh, lastly, if you do manage to astral project, make sure you're being safe because you're leaving your body and letting your astral body roam around. And of course, this is in the next dimension, meaning there's other things in this dimension. You are not alone there. 
So just protect yourself. So you can prop proposition your guides or deities for protection. You can um, uh, imagine a silver rope leading from your body back to your physical body. And this is something that I saw suggested a lot, which I know this is something that um, when I was first getting into it, it like it jogged my memory about it to be honest. But this just keeps your 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 astral body and your physical body connected, and that's something that you want because if you can't find your way back to your at to your physical body, you're kind of fucked. Your physical body is fucked, and you are fucked. Because think about it, the 4D realm is big. You think the Earth is big? No, 4D realm is big. <laughs> and you can also surround yourself with protecting white light. So kind of like shielding before you go. Now, speaking of dispelling fears and doubts, that is the one thing that like spooks me and that I don't want to do it is not being able to find my body. Right. Just like, no. Like, before this, we were talking about, um, before we started recording, we were talking about how science should not be touching astral projection, in my opinion, because it's not really something that you can measure. You can measure lucid dreaming because your brain is having more activity while you're dreaming. Like, you're getting a lot, a lot of activity during that time. But astral projection is not something that you can measure, in my opinion, because it's either going to look like you're not dreaming at all or your brain is actually having activity. We don't know. It's not some... Point being... You can straight up just look like you're dead. Yeah, exactly. Like, if... I know that one of the big things of why they caution you when you're astral projecting, projecting to be safe is because if you become disconnected from your physical body and your astral body can't find its way back, your physical body is essentially dead. <laughs> like, there's nothing there to animate you. Yes, it'll continue to do the heartbeat and regulate its temperature and all these different things, but you are not there to animate your body. You will become it's like a vegetable. Being in a coma. Yeah. Like, that's what it makes me think of, is like when, you're, when someone's in a coma, there's no activity, but the body is still alive. That's exactly what it is. <laughs> Anyways, point there's being... A, there's a spirit in the encyclopedia that that's why they're a spirit. I remember reading that it's a male, I think. It's yeah, yeah. And I, remember reading his, I remember reading his entry, and the dude who was supposed to be watching over his body stopped watching over his body, and they literally thought he was dead and buried him, and he couldn't go back to his body. Oh, my God. It reminds me of hypnos, uh, hypnos kind of. But I know that's not the specific one. I just can't remember who it is because I know who you're talking about. Just don't remember their name. No, this one was a um, Asian one. Like it's oh. like a Buddhist story or something. Okay. He literally did astral project. He told the dude because that's what hap- that's what happens. Your body is not animated anymore. So he said, "Watch over my shit, so people don't think that I'm dead." Please, for the love of God, for and the love you, of Buddha, then, please. And then dude did, but then dude left. And sure enough, they moved his body because they thought he was dead and he couldn't find it. Yep. It reminds me of... God damn it. <laughs> so in in the Raven Cycle series, as Adam's learning 
to work with his abilities, you know, being a psychic and stuff like that, one of the big things that he does, he scries. And when he scries, he, you know, he asks for projects. And he has to have somebody there because sometimes his body will just stop breathing because he wanders too far. And that happened when Blue was watching him one time, and she literally cut his ass because she, he, like, he woke, she cut him, he woke up, he went, what the fuck, I'm bleeding, and she's like, you just stopped fucking breathing, you wouldn't answer me, I didn't know how to get you to wake up, you weren't waking up, you stopped breathing, so I cut you. <laughs> and he was like, um, okay. But he does that, like, he's... He does that multiple times throughout the series, and he gets better and better, but he always has to have somebody there watching him. The problem is, is in the fucking, um, the Dreamer trilogy, you know, Ronin's trilogy, Ronin finds out that he's been astro-projecting without anybody there, and he almost got lost multiple times. And it was like, Ronin was so touched. He was like, you, you were doing what? <laughs> And he was like, well, I didn't have anybody else there. And I was trying to make sure your dumbass wasn't getting murdered. Like, murdered. <laughs> Point being, take, take, take a lesson from Adam. And just, just protect yourself when you're astral projecting. This is definitely, like, it, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a skill that I'm like, you, you just, just wait a while, I think kind of an advanced skill in my opinion yeah like that's yeah i that's what i was thinking i couldn't think of the words an advanced skill but you said it <laughs> yep bro i can't even lucid dream i'm not gonna be astral projecting anytime soon <laughs> well it's it so that sleepwalking question i sent to you the other day the reason yeah. i thought about it was because there was the a, other day earlier yeah <laughs> Yesterday, <laughs> last night, whatever, um, was because when I was a kid, I would sleepwalk sometimes, but I would remember getting up and, like, opening things. Like, I was kind of in that weird um, disassociated state, but it was hard to tell when I was actually sleepwalking and if I wasn't, because there was a couple times where I would, like, get up, and I would walk into the living room, and I'd, like, be watching what other people are doing, and then I'd go back to my room, and I'd close the door, and I'd get into my bed, and then I'd wake up again, and I'd get down, and I'd come out, and I was like, wait, you guys were just doing something else, and they'd be like, no, we weren't. You haven't gotten up this whole time, and I was like, uh, <laughs> okay. So it just made me, it makes me think of that. Being a child was such a wonder. <laughs> <laughs> you, you had some adventures. No, listen. So my parents one time, <laughs> we were all sleeping in a hotel room. And the doors were locked. <laughs> and my dad woke up thinking somebody was trying to break in. Because I was at the door trying to get out. And he was like, what are you doing? Because it was the door, like, there was, like, two doors or something. And and he asked me, he's like, what are you doing? And I was like, I'm going to go swimming. And he's like, no, you are not. 
And basically what he said is that we were, I was lucky on top of them that I wasn't tall enough or strong enough to reach the locks. Oh. Because the, the pool was like right outside You're, our door. You fully wanted to go swimming. I, I did. There was, body was like, yeah. There was another time, which I honestly, sometimes I think it's your body trying to learn how to astral project when you're a kid. Because it doesn't know the difference between, oh, I'm in my body, I'm not in my body, so it gets your body up to go do the thing. But, <laughs> they're, like... Your soul is just, just figuring it out, okay? It's really trying. There was there was one time that my, um, my sister by proxy, like, my adopted sister, however you want to call it, uh, she was she was sleeping on the bed underneath mine. We had a loft bed, so her bed was stuck underneath mine, and I slept on the top bunk. And she woke up one night because she heard like rattling. She didn't know what it was, and she looked up, and I was like leaning waist, like up to my waist outside, trying to catch something that was over the window. And she was like, "Oh my God, what are you doing?" And, she, and I told her I was like, "I'm trying to catch the butterflies." And she was like, "How about?" <laughs> how about you let the butterfly come to you and you lay back down? <laughs> and I was like, okay. So I, lay, I laid back down and went to bed. But my mom found me, I think within the same week, like she came in to check on us and I was doing the same thing. And she's like, what are you doing? And I was like, oh, I'm trying to catch the dragonflies. And she was like, how about you lay down? <laughs> but you just, you just unlocked a memory for me. <laughs> But my sister, she was scared that I was going to fall out of the bed on top of her. Uh, uh, yeah. But mostly she was happy that the bed was there, but she was worried I was going to fall out and not hit the bed. But anyway. What's you just memory? unlocked a memory for me because I was at a sleepover. Oh my god, sleepovers were the worst because of shit like this. Anyways, continue. Well, I was at a sleepover and it was... Uh, my best friend's a twin. Well, not you. My other one. Yeah. No, I got it. <laughs> my, my child's best friend. You are my current best friend. <laughs> uh, she's a, a twin, so whenever she would have friends over, they would both have friends over. That's that, that's how their family did things. Fair enough. Not as I got older. Not as I got older, but definitely when we were kids, it was more like, oh, if you're going to have a friend, she's going to have a friend. Yeah, it's got to be like, a balanced thing because one's gonna feel like they're left out and so on and so forth. Anyway. Right. So I think it was, and when they had birthdays, they both got to invite guests individually. Fair enough. Right. So like Michelle would invite over like three or four people, and then Raquel would invite over three or four people. Mm. Her people. I was one of Michelle's people. I loved Raquel, though. I think I was one of the only... It's funny, because me and our friend Angelica were, like, the only people who were both of their friends. Mm. Not, like, on purpose or something. It just happened like that. Yeah. They just had separate friends. They just had separate friends. But the two of us were kind of their... Both of their friends. Anyway. It was one of those, I think. I think it was uh, somebody's birthday, or maybe they both just invited a bunch of people. They were very social, and their parents didn't care. So... I don't remember specifically. I do remember there was lots of people. Like, it wasn't just me invited. And they had, um, the beds 
were supposed to be connected. I don't want to say bunk beds, but I do remember the beds like came together. Like they were supposed to be connected, but they used them separately on opposite sides of the room in the bedroom they shared. I want to say that they maybe they were supposed to be some type of bunk bed. They just didn't use them like that. <laughs> it didn't really matter. They both had, um, there was like, because the beds were also raised, they had like drawers. So let me, expl- let me just explain to you the beds. The beds were raised, they had drawers. So you had to like climb onto the beds a little bit. And of course there was a headboard and a footboard. And I remember, I think there were like four girls. I think there were two people on the ground. I was sleeping in the bed and somebody was next to me. I do remember there were people on the ground. So at least there's that. And I remember there were multiple people because the setup is kind of irrelevant, but I'm like remembering the memory. Yeah. And I remember waking up and it was dark and the be- Michelle's bed was on the wall where the light switch was against that wall. And next to the light switch was the door. So she was like against the, that wall. Yeah. And I remember waking up. It's sleepwalking, but I almost don't want to say it was sleepwalking because I don't remember ever sleepwalking. I've never sleptwalked again. Clearly, my soul was trying to get out and my body didn't know how because it still doesn't know how. <laughs> <laughs> my body didn't know how to release. That's <laughs> so remember My body was like, where are you going? Because uh-huh. I remember waking up. I remember crawling down the bed. I remember climbing over the footboard. I thought it was something that I had to climb over to get out of the room. I don't remember what I thought it was, but I fully remember thinking, oh, I have to get over this to get out. And I climbed over that bitch, hurt myself, and I fell to the ground. And one of the girls got up and turned on the light, and she was like, what happened? Are you okay? And I was like, where am I? Yeah, I'm okay. They were like, why would you do that? Why did you climb over the thing? And it was just so confusing. And I vividly, well, I actually not vividly, I hazily remember, like, waking up and thinking, I have to climb over this to get out. I don't know where the fuck I was trying to go. (laughs) I get a snack. I didn't have to pee. So what was I trying to do? Get a cupcake or something? I don't know. Yeah, I didn't have to pee any of the times that I sleptwalk either. <laughs> I don't know where I was trying to go, but fully, I think actually unlocked another memory. I actually don't think that was the first time because I remember doing that to my nightstand too. Because I, ha- I used to have my nightstand next to my bed, and I think I remember like trying to climb over that once too. Just trying to climb over everything, damn. I don't know why I thought there was obstacles to the doors. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why uh, my brain, my soul, thought that I had to climb over shit to get to doors instead of just getting out of the bed. But, wow, yeah, you unlocked that for me. I remember hitting the ground. That was what woke me up, obviously. It didn't hurt, though. I just remember hitting the ground. (laughs) Goodness. Goodness gracious. God damn it. (laughs) You almost drowned. I was climbing over shit. Yeah, apparently that that wasn't the only time, but... Oh, Jesus. I think, I want to say one of the times I got one of the locks open. So... <laughs> I terrified my parents as a child, pretty sure. 
You really did. They were lucky I was short for so long. I'm still short, but I can reach locks short. now. What are you <laughs> but they don't have to worry about me trying to get out. Now I just have to worry about me trying to get out. <laughs> I was about to say, now you're alone. Don't put that thought in you my head. In- That's you have, injured, you have injured ankle dude down the hall. He'll know. <laughs> He'll know. Six cents. Cent? Mm-hmm. Six cents. Cent. Oh my god, I said it again. I can't even say cent. Six cents. <laughs> Me. Walking. You know what? If I slept walk, walked, I would be kicked out of the Navy so quick. Because I can't go on a boat if I sleepwalk. You know, that is kind of terrifying, though, because... Um, there's a lot of things you can fall down on a ship, <laughs> but specifically I remember this, uh, hatch in the floor. That's, anyways, I remember a hatch in the, in the floor, and if you look down the hole, it dropped down like no. eight floors. No, I wouldn't look down the hole. Because, well, I was just curious, I was like, where does this even lead? And like, it dropped down eight floors, it had a rope. Like, it was, it was supposed to be a quick drop or whatever the fuck they call it to get to the, react, the reactors in case there was issues. And so it was just red down there and this rope and this quick drop. And I was like, if somebody, they would be dead if somebody slept, walked, For and sure. ended up in there. They would be dead. They would just be gone. Terrifying. Anyways, that's why you can't sleepwalk in the Navy. Because if you're like us and can't astral project and your soul is like, hello, knocking on your body, like, let me out. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, it's like that meme with the guy on the fence. Just let me in. Literally. (laughs) Except it's let me out. (laughs) (laughs) So that's what I have. That's what I have. Great. What, what media do you bring? I was about to say, I understand what you mean by there being like nothing. <laughs> just just walk out of your body. It's like cool, that's helpful. That's real fucking helpful, Susan. <laughs> uh speaking of astral projection, uh I have a character for us. Oh. I have a movie, but it's a character that I'm trying to talk about. Okay. Not the whole fucking movie. <laughs> um <laughs> I wanted to talk about Mantis from Guardians of the Galaxy 2. Oh. Yeah. Mantis. Yeah. Mantis is an empath. She's a lot of things. She's strange. She is written wrong. Oh. In case you were a comic book fan and you watched the movie, she is not written right. In fact, she is written so wrong that the creator was very unhappy and disappointed. Said, said Disney, what the fuck? Marvel, yep. what the fuck? Yep. Goes to show that DC has its problems, but Marvel doesn't always get it right either. And to be fair, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 is not my favorite. I prefer the first one, so the fact that she's written wrong, I'm like, well, it wasn't a, it wasn't a good one. Yeah. It was, like... It wasn't. 
it was made in that weird transitionary like transitionary um, era when Disney was trying to be like like quiche and it's funny throughout the whole movies, but sometimes movies just aren't that's funny. Just a, that's just a James Gunn thing. That's a director thing. Oh well, he needs to stop directing hero movies. Mm-hmm. He just did the new Suicide Squad. Great. And I don't want to watch it because I know there's going to be jokes and music everywhere. And I'm like, cool, I don't like this. This thing you do, I don't like it. Yeah, there's, so, just, there's just like a feeling to it. Like it's kind of like, eh. It's like it's trying too hard. Yeah, that's exactly it. It's trying too hard. It's like dad jokes all over the place. Right, he's putting in all this kitschy music and trying to like do zingers everywhere. And I'm like, fuck off. God, I just want to watch the movie and not get taken out of it by this stupid fucking joke you put in here. Me me and my dad just did the marathon. We, the last thing we have to do is Endgame. I've just been putting it off because I don't want it to be over and also it's three hours. <laughs> and also it's long as fuck. <laughs> and also I'm just like, oh God. But I remember while we were watching, in, especially when we were watching Infinity War, I was like, God damn it, I can't stand Star-Lord. <laughs> I just can't fucking stand it. I, no. It's the position of, in a movie, like, sure. But if I were in that position, if I were Tony Stark or Doctor Strange, I would just be, like, annoying. You know guys like this, and they're fucking annoying. I don't want to spend time with them. It's fine as a character, but in real life, I'm like, bro, fuck off. Like, you're annoying, and I don't like guys like that. So. Yeah. The only... I just remember... Mm-hmm. You, oh, I was going to say, the only movie that has done something like that well is Deadpool. Because that's Deadpool's character. Like, the weird, yeah. like, 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 slapstick humor, stuff like that. But it doesn't, it doesn't I mean, work with everybody else. Well, I actually find it interesting you talked about that, because I've said this. The only reason it works for Deadpool is because he could break the fourth wall. Otherwise, yeah. he would just he would be just as annoying. Because, as we've seen, it doesn't work in Star-Lord. It doesn't work every other time James Gunn tries to do it. And it doesn't necessarily work for Harley Quinn all the time. So it's like Deadpool, it literally only works for you because you can break the fourth wall. You're, like, making actually funny jokes. Yeah. That, like, that like we are legitimately laughing at because it's funny. He's making Ryan Reynolds jokes, and you know it's Ryan Reynolds. It's like, that's actually funny. Yeah, because it's just Ryan Reynolds. <laughs> is he acting, or is it just oh. his personality? I don't know, dude. I don't know if he can act. He just <laughs> does himself. He only has one personality. And um, it always bleeds through when he tries to do a different one. Seriously. Um, so... I'm not gonna nitpick. Well, okay. Here's okay. If you were wondering, why don't you like Star Lord? I only start to get irritated because if you've watched Infinity War, it's like he kind of he actually fucks up the plan at least three times, or at least twice, and that's when I start to get irritated because I'm like, it's one thing to try to be funny in this, that, and the third, but you're useless, and I don't appreciate a useless character. I'd rather have a whole story about Gamora. God damn it! Yeah, she's kick ass. Uh, yeah. But that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about Mantis, who is written <laughs> wrong. So we're not getting more optimistic. But I would like to actually talk about the character. Just, just because she's wrong in the movie, the one thing that is right is the fact that she is an empath. 
And as I was sitting here reading her wiki thing, she can she also astral projects. That is how she gets her space travel done. Oh. Because she is not an alien. So right off the bat, the movie is wrong. <laughs> she is a human. With so. powers. Well, not even powers, because they're just psychic abilities. It's different. She does have powers. She does oh. have powers. I'm just not talking about those. Okay. Well, but she do. Anyway. But she is an empath and a telepath that she could do astral projecting. But she does have, like, super strength and stuff. Oh. So. That's cool for her. It's <laughs> just the thing we're not talking about does not make her special. It makes her the psychic. Anyway, sorry. Good for her. Uh, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> If you were curious about Mantis, about how she's supposed to be, I will give you the brief. I said she's human. She's half Vietnamese, half German. She was born in Vietnam. Not born on some random-ass motherfucking planet. Born here, born in Vietnam. Let me not say what I had the thought of. That has Uh nothing nothing to do against Mantis. It has to do with the fact they made her an alien. But I'm going to keep it to myself. I also said she's half German and the actress who played her is full white, but that's also not the conversation. I'm gonna, we're gonna keep it to ourselves. We're just gonna shut the fuck up. That's what we're gonna do. <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna continue on with the episode. <laughs> now, she was, it says right here, she was raised by aliens. In fact, she was raised by a sect of the Kree, which if you watched Captain Marvel or any of that, you would you would be familiar with the scroll and the Cree. So you're welcome. If you have not watched any of these movies, sorry. <laughs> you're just gonna be like, huh? Yeah, what the fuck? But that is also why she talks in the third person. Which if you didn't know she talks in the third person, it is because she was raised by aliens and the priests of Pama in Vietnam. They are Cree whatever so on and so forth (laughs) third person whatever she do she almost it says right here she almost always refers to herself in the third person as this one she and occasionally mantis which has to do with her upbringing at the temple of the priests of palma this speech mannerism is of importance for her for when the silver surfer asked her to stop speaking in the third person she refused to comply Hmm. She said no. <laughs> Which is interesting to know that it's not um, involuntary. She's yeah. doing it on purpose. Also, I feel like I haven't heard about the Silver Surfer in like 60 years. In a thousand <laughs> fucking years. Me and my dad just talked about him. They were like, when are we going to get another Silver Surfer movie? I'm like, I don't know. Soon, I hope. Fucking never. When they redo fucking Fantastic Four and do it well... <laughs> Right. I was just saying, I was like, who's the next villain going to be? Because they just did Thanos, and Thanos is one of the biggest Marvel villains. Like, the second option is Galactus, and if they do Galactus, Fuck you that. have to do Silver Surfer. That is literally, that, uh, well, that you have to. But. Don't mind the noise. I just spilled coffee everywhere, so I've got to get some stuff. <laughs> I don't mean to laugh at you, but that's unfortunate. I just, I just spilled it on some old papers that have story ideas on them, so it sucks. 
Yeah. Anyway. Sorry. It's okay. Happens. Shit happens. It'll smell like coffee from now on. I haven't even touched this story in years, in, in like a year and a half anyways. And people keep commenting. They're like, I hope you're not done with it. I'm like, it's super interesting. And I'm like, I lost all motivation to finish this story because there's supposed to be a lot of it. <laughs> I feel. I made it to I like. I feel. Yeah, I made it to like chapter 8 of 20. So if that doesn't tell you. Girl. Girl. So. Anyway. Mantis is uh, not an alien, raised by aliens, but raised here, whatever. Travels in space. So the movie is just, mm. as I said, I'm not going to sit here and get into it because the creator did. He's disappointed. That is all I need to know. Because as somebody who enjoys writing and enjoys reading things and enjoys listening to writers, that just makes me sad. You put in all this work and effort, and then it was, and then you like go to see a movie of that thing, and it's not what it should be. Yeah. No. So, tangent about writers not enjoying their adaptions. Um, so we were supposed to get a Raven Cycle series, like a TV show, and I think it was supposed to be by CW, but Maggie Stevar was like announcing it and so on and so forth, and then we just stopped hearing about it, and somebody asked, they're like hey, is, like, what about the TV series? She's like, sorry to disappoint everybody, but it's not going to happen because I got the script, and I said, I don't like the script. Can we change certain things? Because you changed a lot about the characters. And the people who were writing the script said, no. And she said, okay, we're not, we're canceling this contract then. Because she made, yeah, she made sure to have, like, full autonomy, not full autonomy, but, like, if she got the script and she didn't like it, she made sure that the contract said she could cancel the contract, essentially. Because a lot of the times, the writers don't have sway on what the script says, you know? Which sucks. But anyway. Well... It only sucks because it's like a little bit of it. Like I guess it's like I wish people were like more like gonna do other people justice, but at the same time, you have to be smart enough to do it legally, like she did. Yeah. I find it unfortunate. I do. I do kind of go like, oh well, but you like, yeah. I mean, you didn't say they couldn't, so you've been like, fuck you, don't touch my character. Don't if you're touch gonna them. Do it. Do it right. Yeah, and she was like, maybe we'll try again in a little bit, but Hollywood did was going to do me dirty, so we're not right now. And I was like, oh. I'd rather nothing than something fucking dumb. Yeah, same. Well, I think what she said is that the script was going to focus on, like, Blue and Gansey's relationship instead of the hunt for Glenn, Glendower, which was, like, the main, the main thing is the development of the characters and their search for Glendower. The romance was just a byproduct. But yeah, that sounds about right for a CW show. Yeah, they were going to do the typical teenage love romance and focus on that instead of, like, focusing on what the book's about. And she was like, no, thanks. So, Mantis is a, is a poor victim of that, I'm sorry. But 
I'm going to read to you from the Marvel Comics bio and not from Guardians of the Galaxy. I will say, though, if you are going for the empathy or if you don't care about stuff like that, uh, it's fine. Go watch Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. She's in it. She's important because that whole planet was going to just be like, you're all food. Feed me, Seymour. <laughs> and he said, she said, no, nah, it's sleepy time. How about we don't? She put a whole fucking planet to sleep. <laughs> Even though they did the character wrong, that's like, that's crazy. She is badass. Just, they don't let her be enough. <laughs> I hope, I, I hope they do. There's going to be a volume three that is said 2023. And if they do her dirty, if they keep doing her dirty, I just can't. Cannot abide. <laughs> so, Mantis was trained by those priests to be a grand mistress of the martial arts. Demonstrated as capable of defeating opponents as skilled as Cap. Oh. And she could also instinctively sense weakness... I don't know how to read. She could also instinctively sense weak points in an opponent and with her skills and pressure points knock out beings as powerful as Thor. Oh. I would love to see... fucking trifled with. I would love to see that small little green alien drop Thor in the movie. Yeah. Actually, she wasn't small. The actress was 5'7", which I saw just now. Wow. I was like, oh. Tall lady. I know. Like, damn. Oh, no. Tall lady. (laughs) No, I don't. Being that tall would probably be a nightmare. Well, for me. Okay, with how I am. I like my height. Yeah, I've come to terms with my height. I can get on the roller coasters. That's all that matters. (laughs) Right. And I don't hit my head on anything low-hanging in the ship. So. So. Um, So, she's a completely skilled martial artist. This isn't all about the esoteric. She will beat your ass. She has attained a mastery of meditational disciplines giving her an unusual amount of control over her body, including autonomic functions like heartbeat, bleeding, and breathing, as well as awareness of pain, allowing her to quickly heal injuries through sheer force of will. Oh. And affording almost superhuman reflexes and reactions. Sounds like Tanjiro. (laughs) Literally. (laughs) Sheer force of will. She can meditate so... So, she could meditate so fiercely, she could take control over her heart beating. That sounds like that's too much. I mean, that's exactly what the pillars do, so. I don't want to know how to do that. (laughs) She's also a psychic, and she's an empath. For some reason, the way that sentence was computing into my brain, I'm like, no, we're not saying that. She's an empath. (laughs) That's that's not the key today. Mantis gained additional abilities as a result of communion with the Prime Kotati. That is another alien race. That is a whole other thing. She had their kid. It's just too much. But her empathic ability enabled her to communicate with the plant-like Kotati and with plant life. 
traveled in space, Mantis had the ability to separate her physical and astral forms, projecting her consciousness from her body, allowing her to travel interplanetary distances. She also had the ability to transfer her astral form into any place where plant life exists. She could form and inhabit a plant-like simulacrum of her human body for herself out of the destination planet's local vegetation. She made a plant body. (laughs) She She made herself out of plants. She said, I need a body. I'll use this organic material. Her astrophone got there and then said, yeah, yeah, this looks good. Her fighting skills remain intact and her empathic abilities were heightened to a superhuman degree and extended to the planet's flora and biosphere. She could control the vegetation within her vicinity. So if she gets onto a planet that has flora and vegetation... When she gets her there, her astral self, she can create a body and everything will be hunky-dory. She can still fight. And because she's in that body and she's an empath, she can tell the bitch what to do. That's fucking crazy. (laughs) If you're like, wow, that's really cool. You're thinking like, hmm, they didn't do that. She didn't do all that in volume two. No, she did not. She didn't do do any of that. So... She was an empath in the movie. In fact, this is why I want to use her as an example. She is an empath. I'll tell you another empath. Raven from Teen Titans is an empath. Here's my problem, though. She doesn't do empath things. When we see in the movie, it was why I actually rewatched it. I liked it. When she found, when she felt that, um, hold on brain. Drax. That's his name. When she felt he was feeling joy, she started laughing. Like, it was not an option. She just, she's an empath. So she felt joy, she started laughing. She felt sadness, she started crying. She is a literal empath. I'm like, you don't, we actually don't get to see that, because people are empaths, like, magically, but they only do the emotional thing. And that's, like, barely. Like, she's a full-ass I feel your pain if you have the flu, I'm catching the flu type empathy. I was like, you know, this is nice. <laughs> a full dose of clairsentience. Like, she's literally an empath as it is described as I just described it to you. That's nuts. And I use Raven as an example because as much as I've read, not to say she's never done anything because comics are old and there's a shit ton of them, but in all generality, I know she's an empath. It's actually why she does what she does with her powers, because if she doesn't keep them under control and goes all emotional and whatever, they, she goes crazy, whatever. Stupid excuse. But <laughs> it's why she's all fucking monotone. <laughs> um, but they never show her doing things like that. It's kind of like, it's almost like, let me have a critique of society. It's almost like when we have esoteric things, when you have a Raven or a Doctor Strange, you kind of do things that are like, we've talked about this. You watch a thousand and one movies where you're like, that doesn't happen, but okay. That doesn't happen, but all right. This is actually something that this is what it is to be an empath. You feel people's emotions, literally. So if you read the comics, and hopefully we'll see, 
She also astral projects, and I need to see that. We saw Doctor Strange do it, so it will be done. If she don't do it, I'm going to riot. Because <laughs> Doctor Strange can, and that's not fair. <laughs> that's not fucking fair. Also, it was your topic and not my topic, but for the whole safety thing, astral projection. I literally fell out, and I've seen Doctor Strange. We saw it in the theaters, but like when he, when him and that dude were in astral form, and he killed him. Like literally, he killed his astral form, and the body was just there. That's what that is. You yeah. you leave your body. The body was dead. It was. It just, I was like, oh. Oh shit. I was like, he killed his astral form. Just oh lord. Like, he gone. Man gone. I wonder if that's, like... Dead. Yeah, I, like, I wonder if that's worse than just your body dying, because, you know, your astral body is what reincarnates. So, like, is he gone gone? Like, he's never gonna come back as something new gone? I, or... I straight up think he gone gone. That... Like, that's what it sounds like by him killing his astral body. It sounds like he, like, ripped him from the universe. It's like, whoa. That's what they... Okay, here's the... what That's what they showed. I don't know if, like, that was the intent. But, like, Doctor Strange's astral form took out his astral form. Like, hello. I have eyes. I know. I have brain. I thought I put it together. <laughs> that's fucking wild, though. That's what happens if you can't get back to your body. Please be careful. Don't have something happen to your astral form, dude. Dear God. I mean, that That's goes... That's why it's an advanced no. Yeah, that, that goes with all kinds of witchcraft, though, because you, you have to be careful no matter what you're doing. Because you don't know the consequences of that thing. So you, it's just better to be protected beforehand. It's like how they say, you know, set up your circle and... S- have your sage lit and all that stuff when you're about to work with a Ouija board. Protect yourself. And protect your space. I agree. I also feel like there's a bit of superstition in witchcraft still. Yeah. Well, I don't want to say, like... It feels like fear-mongering. I don't want to say it's wrong, but that's sometimes, like... I take a step back sometimes and I stop looking at witchcraft sometimes because it does feel a little bit like everything is like you're gonna die and it's like okay okay wait okay (laughs) that's how that's that's it makes me think of how like everybody's like well everything you eat nowadays will give you cancer and it's like oh my seriously yeah everything in the world now is gonna give you cancer okay (laughs) all right all right Mary I have a love and respect for chaos witches because they, I don't want to be one, but I have a love and respect for chaos witches because they look at all that stuff and go, I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm, st- I'm going to do it anyway because, you know, I guess we'll find out if it's dangerous. <laughs> if I die, I die. <laughs> <laughs> Their motto, if I die, I die. <laughs> but you know what? I died living. <laughs> so, well, I die. At least I know you were right, you know, but you could be wrong. <laughs> I do kind of come at it from that perspective at least of like tell me to be cautious if you tried the thing because I think that's what it becomes superstition it's like everyone telling each other what to do but no one's tried it so I was like well how do you how do you know right it makes me think of the Christian idea of Lucifer it's like 
you say he's dangerous, but I have a couple of stories that says that may not be true. That's called fear mongering. <laughs> I have some people who say otherwise. So what is the truth? <laughs> Do you know that for a fact, or are we just all believing this? This is not black and white. This is more gray. Can we talk about it? Right. Like, I feel, like it makes me, it also, in the other way, it makes me think of mirrors. Like, I don't disassociate, but you telling me how you feel looking into a mirror makes me believe that you need to lock your mirrors that I still have not done. But that I still have I not done either. I understand why it said. <laughs> I understand why it said. I'm yeah. like, oh, okay. I get it. Yeah, and it's super it. super weird when you, like, meditate into a mirror because it's hard to keep your eyes open that long, but, like, I mean, it, it's like that one psychological thing they talk about um, where your face starts to morph and just melt, and it's super weird. It's no. super weird. No thanks. <laughs> Can I say it? Just no thank you. <laughs> Uh, so anyway, um, so, um, astral empathy, if you're looking for that, I have Mantis right here, so. And it seems like she's written a lot better if you, if you were like us and you didn't love Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, you could pick up a comic. And she'll do all of these things. Hopefully she does the empath things just as well as I like the way it was depicted in the movie, so hopefully it looks like that in the comic. Yeah. Maybe she has her way of... I know It's a comic. It's fiction. It's, you know, you write whatever the fuck. But maybe she shows how she astral projects, and that can help you. <laughs> well, that'd be cool. Maybe we see her do it, and it would be helpful. To be fair, it's not helpful watching Strange do it because he does just walk out of his body and it's like, okay. Yeah, you fucking monk-trained motherfucker. But how do I do? I would also like to see how does Mantis turn it on and turn it off, the empathy. I would like to know. Thank you, please. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> how do I, how do I switch it on and off without forgetting to switch it back on? Or, like, blocking or it all together? fair where's the door <laughs> can we get a key to these things please <laughs> also it says that she has pyrokinesis we've never talked about that but if that's an interest for you hmm. there she is i want to see her do that that'd be cool <laughs> so so what's your media i am going to talk about something we well I'm not going to say all of us, but a lot of us know, if you're in the horror movie circle, I'm going to talk about Insidious, which if you know anything oh. about Insidious, the whole movie of Insidious is about astral projection. The whole reason the movie happens is because daddy could astral project and didn't teach little Johnny how to deal with it because daddy didn't know how to deal with it either and suppressed it instead. Yeah. I've got the, the wiki up somewhere. Somewhere. Here. What would we do without wiki? I don't know. Also, I completely forgot I was actually talking about astral projection, so I was like, wait, is this my media? It is my media. This is the media I'm talking about. Yes. Alright, so there's... Insidious 
Insidious is a three-part series. It has... I lied. Insidious has four films, which... Have I not watched the last one? <laughs> There's chapter one, chapter two, chapter three, and the last key, apparently. I don't... Is it out yet? Yes, it came out in 2018, apparently. What the fuck? Yeah, right? I'm, I'm opening it up so I can see the... The cover looks familiar, but I don't remember watching it at all, so... Maybe, maybe I'll watch it later today. Fair. Anyways, so Insidious is a 2010 American comedian, Canadian, American Canadian (laughs) supernatural horror film directed by James Wan, written by Leigh Whannell, Whannell, yeah, sure, and starring Patrick Wilson, Rose uh, Byron, and Barbara Hershey. That's cool. Your last name's Hershey? It is... (laughs) It is the first installment of the Insidious franchise and the third in terms of the series in-story chrono- uh, chronology. So this is like Paranormal Activity did it first and then a bunch of other series followed. Same thing happens with the Conjuring series. You know, Annabelle goes backwards essentially too. Uh, the center, the, the story centers on a couple whose son inexplicably inexplicably enters a comatose state and becomes a vessel for a variety of malevolent entities in the astral dimension. So this is this is exactly what I was talking about with protecting yourself because the the young boy didn't know how to protect himself and he wandered too far and he couldn't find his way back. <laughs> that is like that's the whole basis of it, of this movie. They woke up and he did not and they didn't know what to do. So, I'm going to read some of the plot. Obviously, wiki plots are not like synopsises. They never, they literally explain to you the entire movie. And that's, it can do that. That's fine. It's what people decided. So, uh, married couple Josh and Renee Lambert, their sons Dalton and Foster, and infant daughter Callie, have recently moved into a new house. One day, Dalton inexplicably falls into a coma. After three months of treatment without result, Renee uh, Renee and Josh take Dalton home. The family starts to experience disturbing paranormal events. Renee begins hearing... I I thought it said begins hearing vodka, and I was like, oh, oh. (laughs) She's deep in that vodka. No. (laughs) Renee begins hearing voices over the baby monitor when no one is in Callie's room. Foster says that Dalton sleepwalks at night, and Renee sees a frightening figure in Callie's room. Oh, God, more sleepwalking. Also, oh, God, the frightening figure, because I was just... (laughs) I was just... Oh, God, more shadow people. I was just listening to um, an episode of that other witchy podcast that I like to, to listen to, and they were talking about... This lady who hides behind the curtains, and she was like, fuck that lady. (laughs) Fuck this lady, too. Why are you hiding behind the curtains? Um, After Renee is attacked by the figure, the Lamberts decide to move, believing the house to be haunted. Wrong. It's not the house. It's your son. Anyway. (laughs) In the new house, however, the supernatural... It's not the house. It is your 
your child. <laughs> the supernatural activity continues. Josh's mom, Lorraine, arrives and is terrified when she sees a red-faced demon behind Josh. She re- she calls uh, Elise Rainier a psychic, and her paranormal investigators spec. Spex and Tucker. In Dalton's room, Elise sees the same red-faced demon figure that Lorraine saw. So, Dalton astroprojects, can't find his way back to his body, gets lost, um, and then all these different spirits see this empty vessel and they're like, cool, free real estate. And, and, you know, they, they do take that free real estate. So there's a lot that goes on in this movie. But, like, the main thing is the fact that you find out that Josh used to astral project as well. And that Elise, um, well, Lorraine calls in uh, Elise because Elise had helped them previously when Josh got stuck outside his body. Because he was a child and he didn't know how to get back. That's what that's what the the rope is so important for when you're first starting out, um, when you're astral projecting. That rope is super important because you can, you know, pull yourself back. Like, oh, here, I know how to get back because there's a tether. It's like breadcrumbs. It reminds me of Hansel and Gretel, how he left breadcrumbs so they could find their way back. That is exactly it. That is it. Of course, um, I don't actually remember what the other movies are about. I think the second one is about Josh's experience when he was a kid and the the woman that they see who's attached to the family, stuff like that. And I don't remember what the third or fourth ones are about. I'm pretty sure I, I watched the third one. I just remember the first one. <laughs> yeah, the, the one scene, the one specific scene that I remember from the first one is... The, the dancing through the daisies scene. Or is it daisies? Anyways, it's that one creepy song that they just completely ruined for everybody who watched that movie. And now you can't think of it without seeing that scene, that scary-ass scene. So, yep. Basically, like father, like son is what this whole... <laughs> This whole series is about. And you know what? That makes me want to see if, like, my relatives astral project and they never said nothing. Yeah, I was about to say, it's kind of fair because me and my mom are both pretty sure my dad has astral projected before, but he just doesn't know what the words are for it. Because men? Because, yeah, boys. Well... It's the same as earlier when we were talking about your coworker in the Zodiac. I'm like, I'm not saying men are dumb, but I do want to know what is this, like, attitude of, like, they're so, like, averse to things. Like, they like want... astral projecting and, and a Zodiac sign and all that stuff. They act like it's so strange, and I think that's weird. Like, why do y'all act like it's so, like, you cannot wrap your brain around it? Right, like, it's it's... Weird that they need everything to be so rational. Like, they have to literally see everything to believe everything. But there are men who are so religious that they don't believe you don't believe in God. And it's like, but you can't. Yeah. You have pure belief in God, but you don't have 
belief in anything else. <laughs> it's it's weird. Anyway. Yeah, that's a whole different discussion. <laughs> that's what just... makes me think. Of, what makes me think of saints because saints are known. I mean, saints do witchcraft, but like, how is it accepted that saints do it? And those are things that are Abrahamic, but like, you still don't believe in it. You have saints that have done it. I don't understand. That's a you thing. That is not a religion thing. Like, that is you, dude. Like, you're crazy. (laughs) (laughs) But I just, like, why, like, I'm like, why do men need things, like, sometimes just, like, explain to them all the time? I don't know how else to explain it. It's like they just need things, like, explained to them all the time. Like, are y'all dumb? (laughs) I don't know. I, like, for me. they don't know what anything is. Yeah, it's Ever. it's weird because it's like if you have this weird thing happening to you, why didn't you go look it up and find out what it is? That would be well, my thought process. Say, it makes me think of well, it makes me think of my grandpa. Like I said, he he said he said, oh, I, I have dream about you guys. I I have dreams about this, that, the third, and I'm like, and see, because that's, that's why it's a person thing. Because I'm like, you know what, my grandpa full on a pastor, but he doesn't have this problem that y'all have. I don't know. <laughs> right. <laughs> he fully he fully accepts. It. The, the, the weird things he's like oh okay well you know what I'm like wow I get it, I get it from grandpa I know I was gonna say your grandpa I get it from. <laughs> your grandpa has probably had experiences and he was like yep that's just this just makes sense God is showing me he's there <laughs> literally just yep that spirit yep I don't know why it's hard for some of y'all I know why it's hard but <laughs> it just it just I mean it good-naturedly. It makes me laugh, like, you telling me about your coworker, the whole Zodiac thing, because I just don't get how guys just act like this is beyond them or something. It's so strange to me. <laughs> like, this shit's not hard. I don't understand it. Boys are so silly. It's, a, it's the same as, like, when I was just talking about the whole bed thing. It's like, I don't understand why you just get another pillow or something. What is this? <laughs> Comfort. Do you not know the like, meaning? why do y'all only... Get a whole blanket. What is wrong with all? Stop using the flat sheet. Why are you like this? Put the the bed in a bed frame. Stop putting the mattress on the floor. Oh my god. Put it on some pallets. Anything. Anything. You want the bugs to get inside? Like, damn. Get off the floor. Seriously. Anyways, that's what I have. And it's thin. Jesus fuck. Boys are so weird. And then they complain about back pain and you're like, wow. Yeah. Well. (laughs) Maybe if you don't sleep on a three inch wide mattress. (laughs) My dad literally said, he's like, we just don't think about it until we get to a relationship and then you guys bring it up and then we care. I'm like, what? (laughs) (laughs) What? That doesn't make any sense. just not giving a shit and then you get a girlfriend and she goes you should get a bed and you go you're right what the fuck i've been sleeping in this you know sleeping bag my entire life but you right it's like you know the sleeping bag i've had since i was like 11 but you're right (laughs) it doesn't even fit me it can only fit my legs now but you're right i should probably get at least a bigger one Uh, 
you want to hear more from us. <laughs> oh, more about like horror movies and comic books and books. Because literally that is all we talk about. No, honestly. Uh, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram. Just searching up Mixed Witches Podcast and we will pop up. Or you can shoot us an email, mixedwitchespodcast at gmail.com. Or you can find us on Society6, which is also at Mixed Witches Podcast. Or go over to our website, which is mixedwitchespodcast.squarespace.com. And we'll be there. All of our episodes are there. Go and binge listen to them. I don't know. Maybe you have time. Maybe you don't. (laughs) Shoot. Seriously. I mean, with how long these episodes recently have been, uh, I hope you're doing, like, chores while you're listening to us ramble. (laughs) But anyways, hope you guys had a good time. Hope you guys learned something about astral projecting and clairsentience. And we'll see you guys next week. Bye. Getting faded, did not appreciate all that they created. We're chasing after that witch's brew. Damn, 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 damn. Thinking more, but doing less. Keeping score, but failing at the test, y'all. Chasing after that witch's brew. Damn, 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 damn. Chasing after that witch's brew. Got nothing better to do Cause you're sailing down Easiest street again Damn X marks the spot Or is it O Getting high then Feeling so low Chasing after that witch's brew Damn, 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 damn Dreaming up 
about paradise Play those cards, baby, roll those dice, y'all Chasing after that witch's brew Damn, 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 damn we will, and then it's not You start to go, and then you stop Cause you're sailing down easy street again Damn, almost within reach Yo, glass, y'all. Chasing after that witch's brew. Damn, 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 damn.